Magic Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's cold as fuck over here, but you know, uh, how's the situation on my side? Yeah, it's it's not very different. Mm. I assure you. So, <laughs> yeah. So, what time is it there now? Right now, it is three thirty-seven p.m. And you? Three thirty-seven. Nine thirty-six. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's why it's been so hard to keep up with you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, especially since I'm up, like, pretty early every morning, and uh, often, you know, yeah, often I'm in sleep by 10 at night here, so. Right. That's like, <laughs> or wait, no, not quite, yeah, I'm thinking more West Coast. Yeah, so how, how do, how do, how do, how do they call IPAFS, IPAFS, or, or are you going to use mundane um, name? Mundane People know your name. 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 Um, I I openly share that. Um, The IPAFS. uh, All right. That that really hasn't been, in my own mind, completely legitimized just because certain rights haven't been tackled yet. So I don't I don't cling to it. um, But it is, it's fine for a moniker for now. I see most names as heuristic anyway, (laughs) just meant to get us to the (laughs) next place. Right. 
Yeah, no, I would love to use have, use my mundane name more openly, but my, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's family's protection exactly. and stuff. Exactly. No, I understand, man. Yeah. So, what's the theme? What are we are we going to talk about? Self initiation, or? Yeah, of course. Orders. Drawing. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a lot going on, so you pick and choose. Um, mm. Well, I don't want you want you. Just, you know, share a bit of your story, maybe first. Just, I'd love to know more about how you got into it. How old, how old were you when it started? Were you a young guy? Well, I, I like don't me? think I was nearly as young as yourself. Um, you, you, <laughs> no, yeah, that was you, fucked you up. You got started pretty early. <laughs> um, I think I had a collection of experiences that um, I didn't realize <laughs> setting me up for this, but. Um, in my family particularly, uh, we've always been exposed to those sort of metaphysical things, whether it be tarot. Um, you know, my mom placed a lot of importance on our dreams growing up, um, encouraged to explore the arts and those more receptive things of ourselves. Awesome. Yeah, she was very free-willed in that way. And um, my father was not the same way. And he, that's, that's an entirely different episode if you want to get into that. Uh, very... Should we do an episode on father issues? <laughs> I, I, maybe. I don't know. I might love issues. Who knows? But um, he's certainly... I'd invite my dad to get on, except people would probably end up well, liking him more than me. <laughs> he's very likable. Everyone lo- oh, loves him. He's really charismatic like that, too. Enigmatic. Maybe yeah, reptilian. Yeah. It's this Irish-Italian yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, oh, my God. Yeah, he's sort of a callous being, but uh, a chemical engineering savant. Um so yeah wow yeah. chemical engineering so he's going to invent the uh recipe or cure for the zombie plague we'll, we'll see you know before plastics could conduct electricity he was the front runner of inventing such properties and materials like that oh my god yeah that's crazy yeah unfortunately i didn't inherit wow. any of that talent but um yeah yeah, yeah i didn't really inherit my dad's carpentry either <laughs> Hey, so yeah, I think you're doing pretty well. I think I value, yourself. but um, yeah, yeah, I? yeah I would thank say you. so. <laughs> but I yeah, try. That's all we can do. But, yeah. So with my mother involved, um, we experienced a lot of clairvoyance sort of experiences growing up. Um, I can remember when I was six years old, I was at the family farm and um, I was hunting for toads, which is something I would do all the time there when I was little. And behind me, uh, from behind me, came my Uncle Bill. And I thought that was very strange. I hadn't seen him in a while. And he, we had a little conversation. He went into the carport. And I went to follow him, and he was just gone. He vanished. I guess two weeks prior, because of the extent of his cancer, he had actually hanged himself in one of the barn houses. The family found it. Uh, but no one holy. told me because of my age. So when I told everyone I had just yeah. had a conversation with Uncle Bill, you know, you can imagine their alarm and shock. And, but, uh, yeah, very, yeah. very clear yeah. for me. But because of certain experiences like that, as well as um, some other overwhelming ones, I sought out anything metaphysical I could to help alleviate it, whether uh, it was self-management or otherwise, uh, which led me down some strange avenues you know, there was the whole Reiki craze. And when I was in my close to 20s, um, 
that was very big for me, but I had a, a pretty negative experience with the person who taught it to me. Everyone's uh, like, what year was that? Probably, oh my gosh. Is that like the early 2000s, the Reiki craze? Well, it actually had a revival where I am in Columbus. Um, and mm. it's so Columbus goes through waves of light worker scenes, if you will. Um, that, that's the extent yeah. of the existence here, metaphysical wise. Um, yeah. Huh. So, <laughs> yeah, I went through yeah. that. And then, you guys have a pretty big Irish festival oh, we do. there. Yeah, the Dublin Festival is great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I almost went to that one year. I was there working it's at a, a convention. Time. Yeah, but we have a few things like that here to offer. Yeah. But, uh, you know, from there, cool. I tumbled into Budan Gnosis, some Haitian voodoo practice. Um, right. Love right. Haitian voodoo. Right. And yeah. then uh, I still have some friends. What, what? Did you ever do any, like, mountings and stuff? You ever there have that? been light experiences of that. Um, definitely which are traumatizing if you don't have a guiding person there to help you with those experiences yeah. or anything like that so i quickly got out of all of that i just didn't think that i had um maybe the spiritual integrity to pursue that any further and obviously you know there are mm. houses around my area that could ever take me further with that yeah so, yeah, you sort of sort of got to go there, and it's a, not an easy tradition right, to get into. Right. I guess. Did you read Maya Darren's account, Divine Horseman? No, but I've seen her uh, her film work. Oh, oh, I haven't seen that. Oh man, that would be good. I mean, she had she she had uh, Joseph Campbell help her put the book okay. together afterward. But I think she was the first Westerner ever initiated into the traditions, the rural traditions. Considering who she was, I, that does not surprise me. Yeah, you'll have to check out her film work. It's brilliant. Yeah, I didn't know she uh, had most it. of it's successful on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, there wasn't. Else, so. Yeah, you see, I was I was out of the scene while the whole internet really exploded. So I'm from a pre internet right. era. <laughs> People always ask me to send them PDFs of documents. I'm like, I, I have oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> I have notes that I like. You know, we would hand transcribe a lot of notes like the old flying roll days. But, you understand that you're a, you're an artist. You like uh, you understand the value of hand transcription. And I aggrandize it really. Um, I would I would select yeah. that over good word anything. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though I do like those new oh, oh. shadows in. Those look Lost really cool. It would be fun to do a hermetic one. You know. Yeah, yeah, it'll it might cut sure. out here and there. We might sure. have to stop and restart after like half an hour or something like that. Who knows? <clears throat> but uh, yeah, there's uh, the coloring, color your own book of shadows. So you just get <laughs> the outlines and then color it in and then write in your own yeah. stuff. I've noticed happening. So that's cool. I mean, there, it would be cool to have a an elemental grade work right, for the right. I mean, people you know, doing the, the lesser mysteries. Been doing that for a long time too with the, the tarot cards. Which is brilliant. I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, with the tarot cards and everything. Yeah. What a good idea. Oh, it's great, yeah. Which yeah. I'm involved with them, too. Um, I don't meet with them. So you're involved in, in what groups? I am, yeah. I don't consider Altogether, you're involved in local meetings or anything. Um, to be quite frank, yeah. the, the crowd that's there just, um, they're a little conservative. Um, <laughs> I went to a meeting where we were just 
Yeah. In conservative. In um, magically conservative. Uh, how conservative? An older crowd. They come from a different time. Most, I think I was the only one there that oh. was maybe under the age of 70. Um, they were... A... Oh, yeah. Right. That was like right. me when I did the Freemasonry thing too. for so <laughs> one day. We were discussing the death card, um, you know, because they, they do these massive sort of expositions on the, the different tarot keys. And uh, we were discussing sort of the symbolism yeah. of it in conjunction with the cube of space because they were working from that angle as well and really diving into it, which was really interesting. Very fascinating meeting. And then they wanted some input from me, and I was discussing yeah. a lot of what Crowley had written about in the Book of Hope and, uh, you know, the scorpion surrendering itself to flames and all of that, sort of yielding to the greater element for the sake of adaptation through atrophy, and they just, I don't know, they didn't know what to make of it. it, it <laughs> they didn't seem to be all about it. <laughs> was it? excited about it. <laughs> Is that because of a lack of but, emphasis but, uh, on alchemy? Or anyway, I mean, they emphasize alchemy greatly. That's the whole purpose of the tarot, is exploring it through that uh, medium. So yeah. I was a little confused. Maybe it was just a reference that was lost on them. I don't know. But uh, whatever the case, I just I didn't feel like maybe that was the, the right fit group-wise for me. Um, I still value the material. You know, all of the mm-hmm. work, I think, is extremely important. The Book of Tokens is brilliant. Um, I love it. I... Hmm. Yeah, they were uh, they were maybe not, for, or I was not for them. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Which seems to be the only one. Or that group, at least. So, moving on. They yeah. do, yeah. Well, they at least they be. have something, you know. I, I, I'm in gen in general I try to like my, my position in general is mm-hmm. you know the more the yeah. more resources the better uh, I, th- I think we have it's a unique spirituality that for some people is probably the only real way you know and if uh, if, if we if people don't have options oh, yeah. then oh yeah they're in a they're in a pickle <laughs> they might end up I you actually, know, going uh... griffin person online that has been reaching out to me because Griffin is extending that presence to uh, my neck of the woods. And for whatever reason, this person thinks it would be a good idea if I would help welcome them in and be a part of that. And uh, I I think you can assume where my interests lay, and they're they're certainly not in that mess, so uh, (laughs) how funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you've, because you've been You've been Correct. doing yeah. Golden Dawn work, but Correct. by yourself. Yeah. I think that's what's really interesting for a lot of people because I think self-initiation and the GD yeah. success stories yeah. are and few and, and far and it's between. It's put a metric on what is actually a level of success. You know, what, it, what defines that? Um, absolutely. It's well, got yeah, to be, I mean, it's you can only, you can say, right? Around you to confirm that for you. You know, you successfully pass through this ordeal or anything so it, it's really all up to you um which has been a really strange subjective sort of ordeal mm-hmm. for me but because um, you have to accept it too psychologically you know this has happened to me this this has been done i have accomplished this yeah yeah 
I think for me, I mean, I was also very young when I was trying to self-initiate. I was like 13 to 15. I seriously right. did the the Craig work, you know. But I would skip some things. <laughs> I'd skip things like learning right. Hebrew or making my elemental weapon. And it's so easy to rest on that. <laughs> and, you know, next thing you know, you're meant to learn the, the supreme. Yeah, yeah. It just, it, I didn't understand right. why that would be important. <laughs> And there's, you know, he doesn't say, right. if you don't do this, don't move forward. Well, um, or maybe he does, but book, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. I love it because they often meet the end of the chapter with, um, it is paramount to do this in, you know, such and such order and for such and such effect for such and such length of time. And those who proceed without actually doing the work, their holy guardian angel will be very aware of it and will refuse them. And whatever titles you seek to claim or whatever you declare yourself, no matter what it is, everyone around you will be very aware of what your reality actually is. Like we will, they will be able uh-huh. to notice if you're fraudulent. Yeah, well, you, it's, you stand out like a sore, anyone, you know, <laughs> people claiming grades higher than their grade, than the, where they're sure. at. Sure, I mean. There's tells, there's tells that the rest of us can notice. I mean, I've met a few Ipsissimus and... in my time and. You know, per the definition, <laughs> you should probably just be dead. How did they get into right. a physical body? Yeah, you're not meant to be in a physical body. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that the Golden Dawn takes you up to Portal, mm-hmm. and then Portal starts you in the second order, and then five, six of these. You yeah. only, after that, there was still a Matutina grades, but uh, the idea of grades beyond a, a basic adepthood are, are so, yeah, radical knowledge test and learning ritual requirements and then an initiation but there's not really much of an ontological change similar to like when you like getting in in the churches in the christian church you get baptized that's an ontological change and then there's an ontological change if you become a priest right right yeah i mean (laughs) um but there isn't there there isn't one if you become a bishop which is why you can actually take um, a regular priest and turn them into a pope in the in the in the dogma. That, that is That's interesting, interesting, hey? You certainly know more about that than I do. I find yeah. it fascinating. <laughs> oh, it, it, the comparisons between the esoteric mystery school worlds and the mainstream religion worlds—they're they're much thinner than people think, especially with—and and that makes sense given the rampant, you know evangelical fundamentalism and it's very strange take on these old yeah. religions yeah for sure but yeah the in in the traditional theology there's a lot of a lot of little insights and quirks that uh, are fascinating if you actually look at them yeah studying those things raises really good questions and it's pretty much all i'm interested <laughs> in is good questions right 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 everything is syncretized in some way or another i guess everything's parallel um, maybe yeah it seems so right to some extent then there's the randomness and the chaos and huh. so so what was it like when you decided to start doing that and uh has the cicero book been your main uh, resource? it has been my main resource as far as the structure itself initiation went um before that of course you know i started with israel Brigardi. um i'm a massive fan of the unfortune um despite some of her writings Yes, me too. She was my she was my first love person a little bit for my sexual orientation. But um, yeah, so 
So sometimes that's hard to get around. Oh, no. I understand. Uh -oh. That was a thought of the times. She's also writing in the 30s. Sure. Yeah. At least she didn't have a sure. book or a chapter sure. on the Jewish problem. <laughs> like Alice A. Bailey. <laughs> I couldn't get past that when, uh, when I, when, uh, yeah, he told me I had to like, write, they wanted me to write an essay on the Bailey book. And then I, I'm reading through one of her, her the book they were told me to read. And I think it was esoteric healing or astrology. And I get to a chapter on the Jewish yeah. problem. I'm like, Oh, no, <laughs> I just closed down like, never looked at her books again. And I know that might be slightly ad hominem. But yeah, I'm with uh, that. that would be the one to swallow. Um, it's tough, yeah, especially since I was doing Hebrew and Aramaic studies in seminary at the time, you know, <laughs> and working with rabbis, and like, you know, my, my interest was Jewish-Christian Jewish dialogue. It's just like, oh, I can't be reading this. It just, it just hit me so hard in the gut, and, you know, and I was starting my studies with Nicholas Goodrick Clark, who just put out his book oh, on the right. occult roots of Nazism. I was like, oh, my God, I, I can't. Yeah, uh, I don't think I'll <laughs> ever read her again. For you, that's for sure. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, what? We, well, so the, I think the the strengths of the Cicero book are well known. What would you say are maybe some of its weaknesses? I think there are certain things that have attitude because it hasn't been updated yeah, but... in years. I don't think there's been an update based on uh, responses. To I don't working think so. It either. I, I think there are some additions as far as the forward goes. I can't remember now exactly i mean i i started working with the beginning of it i think 10 months ago now maybe no longer than that longer than that because, how long um, so where would you place yourself in oh in my gosh i'm just approaching um neophyte ritual mm. because i did the um the zero zero initiation right which takes uh yeah. three months of preemptive work where you intimately get to know Themis, Mott, and Tommy over the course of three different months. Hmm. Um, yeah, That's you invoke them religiously every night. Um, it's about a two-hour ritual per night. And it will... I find that fascinating, especially since, like, in uh, traditionally you wouldn't do any work with that sort of energy until uh, right, practice. Right. So they they uh, they admit to that too that because you're doing it by yourself. I mean, you're essentially taking on the work of ten officers. So there are certain yeah. elements that they have to acclimate you to to bring in those forces and bring down the light um, in the stead of everyone else. So uh, yeah, so that makes a lot really, of sense. I mean, and you you really have to do it. they're when you have an, you know, the invocation go off so powerfully, uh, the first time that you have to feel like you match that every other night. I mean, that's serious work, as you know. Um, once the bar is set so high, oh, yeah. you can't really settle for anything less. Um, so with that, yeah, you spend your first month with um, Themis, the Greek version of Mott, and the uh, mm -hmm. second month is Mott. I believe it was the third month was nothing but uh, Tame, the Greco-European. And uh, it was interesting. I mean, they have you do a visualization of your aura first and all of that after setting up the traditional sort of golden star or golden dawn ritual format. Um, it's, actually, it's actually even more basic than that in the beginning because 
just because of my own familiarity with some of the Golden Dawn tradition, I incorporated some of those more structured routines myself just to help me stay rigid, I guess, and stay structured. Uh, uh. Um, I'm a very routine person as it is. I'm ritualistic in every aspect um, <laughs> of my life. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it, me too. it just furthers my own mind to do those things. But uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I've noticed a lot of people who are a bit more loosey goosey with uh, structure, and I think they do okay as well. So, well, as I've only noticed that, of course, in the in the rigid structures of a working order, which you know, they, there's so much structure provided for you. I think you can afford to be a bit more wishy washy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, no structures. I think it's got to be important when you're. Doing I agree. It on your yeah, own. I mean, I think a lot of people go into it kind of just wearing casual clothing or anything, and that's fine. But I feel like you need to have those designated sacred items, like they're they're there with purpose, to affect you, um, to induce that state of mind. Absolutely. And um, as basic and foundational as that might sound, I think a lot of people overlook it in modern practice. Um, so I don't know, but. I, yeah, yeah. After that three month. Well, anytime someone asks, offers to let me hold one of their talismans, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like mine are wrapped in silk and you don't right. even get to it's, see you know, them, much yeah. less hold them. It's like when people post pictures of the Rose Cross Lama and I'm like, what are right. you doing? Right. Uh, it's always show and tell, isn't it? You know, everybody wants to be, be an important yeah. magician or, or something like that. Um, yeah, I never did. I never did. Like my early Wicca group, like my two buddies, you know, they would either their rich would be for either like magical power or sexual favors, <laughs> attractiveness to women, right. you know. And I would be like, I want to transform myself and cleanse myself of my oh, issues, right. you know. And they'd be like, okay, that's a little chill. I'm like. Okay. You know, sort of a relevant story to that one. Um, but when I was undergoing my master Reiki attunement, someone had joined the class for that ceremony under the impression that they would have Benny Hinn, you know, like that evangelist from the 90s or whatever. They, they would be able to blow people down with force from their hands, and that's why they were there. Um, you know, yeah. these... Sort of like the Steven Seagal Aikido <laughs> moves. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so after that sort of preliminary work um, with those three forms of the goddess, uh, you know, I, basically working with Cancellarius the whole time. She's the, the mediating force, as they portray it. Um, it leads up to you eventually, for another three months, you have to start doing this, um, bringing down the light every night you bring down the light into your ritual space um you know from the east huh. of course through this uh this triangle of light in front of you as well as a sort of a beacon or a facilitator of that force into you and then you um do your circumambulations and project that that force into the center into a central white triangle in the room and this goes on for 90 days um you practice bringing that in wow. and then also letting it exit. But you establish sort of that portal, that vehicle with the light in your space so that when the initiation comes, it's not a massive waste of time. Because if you can't achieve that, then obviously it's not going to work. 
So um, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot to take in. I, yeah. Actually, it was only supposed to be, I think, a six-month process, but because of a couple times where I deviated or, you know, I missed a step or I, I didn't get to it that night because of some sort of extraordinary circumstance that distracted me from it, I ended up taking nine months just to make sure that I was doing everything I needed to do. Um, it shouldn't have taken that long, but it sounds like me. Mm. Right. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I mean, it, it just, it's good to hear that you care a lot about the outcome and the effects. I mean, well, when you're already six months in, <clears throat> kind of like, well, <laughs> yeah, my exactly. Exactly. But, um, I think it's important to remember also like that we call it magical practice because we're always oh practicing. It's a practice. Yeah. It's, it's like you're practicing it for those moments where you really need right. to do it later on. Right. right? You know, and uh, I, I don't know that, that conviction that that's what it's about is I can only say it's, it yeah. served me well. Yeah. You know, I think if you, um, if you have an online presence of any sort and, um, you know, if you have the regalia and everything, people sort of assume that you have all the answers. But I, I am constantly reminded that I don't, which is great. It's good to be humiliated and humbled constantly and stumble, <laughs> you know, um, which I do. I mean, things that I have written about or anything from a year or two ago, I just kind of look at now and maybe shake. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, kind of totally. like when you look at drawings from childhood, like, oh, my God. Um, I hope no one sees that, (laughs) you know, but, but that's been one of the biggest things about this for me has been that learning that humility and, you know, that's why I forced myself to do the extra three months was, um, I wasn't going to let myself have that shortcut because I knew internally I had not yet achieved it. And, uh, you know, that's sort of the acceptance of that moment and yielding to it. Yeah. And if, when you have the chance, you think you'll still uh, go through the physically if you ever are with a group that can do them? Oh, you mean the next, uh, you cut out for a moment. You're talking about proceeding. If you're, if you're ever, if you have access to a group that can, you can do their uh, initiations with, will you do them? I don't think so yet. I think I will complete this course solitary first. Um, After that, if, if a group were to happen to pop up or if there's one I just don't know about that I discover, it would be interesting to revisit all of those initiation rites um, in a group setting, I think. Yeah. It would be interesting to see what I learned from that. My idea is in 2021 to have a a week-long event and do all the initiations every night for whatever. And yeah, it would be sort of open, like, you know, hopefully we can get some, a lot of, a good collection of uh, adepti there to, you know, <clears throat> Variana Frater BT describes it, described it as uh, an adept burning man. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he, he's, he's got an extravagant mind and he's, uh, I love his, his ideas. I was thinking more like, you know, 50 people oh, yeah. in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite the burning man, but, um. Yeah. Yeah, maybe more like, you know, magic on the beach, man. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you let me know. Yeah. uh, 
I I listen yeah. to BT's absolutely. Uh, he's a Terra nerd quite often too. Uh, really love listening to that guy. Yeah, yeah. I I listen. I try to. Li- I've listened to most of them. Um, it's hard to, for me because I I knew right. Joe Shantz right. really well. Like he was he was a student and then a fellow adept and just one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever met. And yeah, fuck, losing him was yeah. brutal. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was tough. Yeah, me and me and BT are gonna do the episode one hundred. We were talking about doing it while I'm in India for his wedding, but. I might not make it. Okay. We'll see. Well, uh, yeah. Who knows? We might have to just do it old school. But yeah, the number one hundred will be a be a ways off. Sure. I think. I man, India. I'm gonna do it under my. I'm gonna do it <laughs> under my real name too. Yeah. Because there's already a Frater RC, so. I see. I'm gonna do it that way. Uh, it'll coincide, hopefully, with the release of my magical autobiography, which. You know, I, I I put out briefly, but then uh, the the first draft was released instead of the final copy, and got a bunch of oh, blowback from that. And know. Uh, you know, I I bitched it. I bitched at Amazon, and they're like, yeah, this these things happen quite often, actually. And apparently, they don't. They fixed that since then. But uh, yeah, I just felt okay. Maybe it's a sign, and not not quite time. And then I decided to add some more things. Yeah. And blah blah <laughs> yeah. blah. Well, it's kind of disturbing that Amazon would say yeah. that happens often. Um, maybe yeah, not it, was pretty, it was a very common glitch up until recently. Yeah, well, you know they don't really <laughs> care; <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> they're right. doing fine. Right. <laughs> so, about the um, the Frater RC, do you think maybe it's time to um, adapt a new motto at this time in your life, or anything like that? Or, well, I have another motto. I have an okay. adapt right. motto. Which I got, which I, which, you know, as an adept, you get, you scry your own motto from the Akashic Records or Higher Genius right. or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and that, that's a powerful motto in sure. itself. And, uh, that's what sort of what I live by both of them, right? One is for the lesser mysteries, one right. is for the greater mysteries. And, um, I don't think I need any more <laughs> names at this point. I mean, my, my, as a child, after my parents divorced, my mom changed my name like, three times because parents can change your name willy nilly without any issue you don't they don't even need your consent right she was like when you're 18 you can do what you want but like once you've already diploma under that name and been accepted to university under that (laughs) name it's like oh fuck it oh what like she was very into the cavalarian yeah cavalarianism Yeah, the, yeah it was a, it was a funny thing. The idea was we, she and my mom, and my mom, me and my sister were all going to change names, but she used me as sort of the guinea pig, and then she just played with different names for herself for like years. So I would get phone calls at the house. Yeah, I get phone calls, ask for different names. I'm like, sorry, no Georgia here, <laughs> and I hang up. And then they'd call back, "Are you sure that Georgia, the astrologer?" I'm like, I'm like, you mean Joan? And she's like, like. Oh, I, she used to be Joni, but I think she's George now. I'm like, well, right. <laughs> I haven't heard of that. So she experimented, and she experimented for like years until the point till I was like 17, and my sister was like 14. And by then, my sister was like, "Oh, I, I see what's going on here. I'm having oh none gosh. of it." <laughs> so, and and to this day, you know, 20 years later, neither my mom's never changed her oh name. My, you know, it's funny you say that. <laughs> 
Our, I know, our right? Father, my sister and I, our father, he did similar things with us um, <coughs> where he was an entrepreneur. We would receive IRS forms from the government, of course, uh, addressed to our names because for whatever reason, reason around us, he had changed the name of the proprietor to one of us or uh, we were suddenly... Oh, that's like oh, yeah, that sounds like sketchy tax a... evasion shit. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, dear lord. Well, I'm sorry, that you know, sucks. You kind but... of take responsibility for what you've done, so right? usually catches up with you. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, lots of things like that when we were kids too, um, and then some. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then uh, some. Weird that sounds exciting. Relate, so. Yeah, well, let's definitely do an episode on father issues. We'll get my uh, my buddy Diener, uh, who co-runs now Esoteric Ebooks with me, and he's 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 got some father right. stuff. I think I, uh, I think we could I talk know about. <laughs> we could do a little three way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Diener, the MC here. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's my bro. We met on Instagram and talked for like a year or two. When I left Vancouver on the last night, actually, we went to my storage and got out some crucial documents that I needed for my pilgrimage. And, and at the end, I just said, you know what? Here you go. And I gave him the code to my uh, entry to the storage and the key <laughs> for the padlock. I was like, at this point, man, right. what do I have to lose? Right. <laughs> there you go. So hopefully, uh, hopefully okay. everything will work out sure well. Will. Yeah, there's like <clears throat> most of my library has been destroyed or stolen, but there's still like a good hundred grand worth of books in there, especially since I've been gone for 14 years. The inflation on those some of those books I have are just skyrocketing. I thought so, there was books I thought were worth like 500 or $1,000, but they're actually selling for like 2500 oh or $5,000. I'm like, whoa. Oh, my gosh. And you know, indeed, I yeah. would have known that until I um, yeah. really got into a lot of this, especially books like um, the Geosophia. Um, when I – what's that? I don't know that one. So the I don't know that one. It's a dissertation. It's actually rather rare. There are two volumes of it, and it details the origin okay. of Goetia, basically. That entire branch of magic coming from the Greek, really, um, you know, the Greek studies, and how it came to be in grimoire format. It's really fascinating huh. stuff. I only have volume one because it's all I can afford, but um, <laughs> you know, maybe one day I'll get wow. something that. But it's uh yeah interesting read yeah no it sounds like it um it's funny i stay away from i avoid a lot of uh this the work that i guess i people expect a oh, adept right. i to do i still feel like i haven't mastered the basics i i love the, <laughs> you know i love like i think <laughs> um, yeah no i i like i i feel like why should i be doing like i've done all the advanced adept work of course especially you know as a member of a very small group of adepti in the days that i was in the order um and uh, so we did a lot of intense shit especially with you know tdl as the the premonstrator for the order i mean you couldn't wish for a I lucked out. I lucked out fucking <laughs> hardcore right you know i mean there was there was there was bit sour with the sweet but i always saw you know zinc is just like <laughs> what can I say? He's 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 the lemon in the hot sure. whiskey. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, 
I I'm I'm fighting a cold, so I'm 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 dosing myself with hot Irish whiskeys. <laughs> Not at all. I hope Not you don't mind. I uh, I'm just yeah. pacing endlessly. It's as as they say Sorry. in Ireland. They say in Ireland, they say if if you're sick, it makes you well, and if you're well, it makes you Fair sick. Enough. And I'm sure uh, I'm sure that's not really debatable either. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's right. Irish logic, and we all know what we all know what Freud said about the Irish. Oh, Freud! Did you remember? Do you know, know that one? But coming from Freud, he he said, "Here's a race on which psychoanalysis is of no use whatsoever." <laughs> It makes sense. The, uh, the Irish just have a different relationship to reality than we do. How in, so? Um, I'm not sure if you're I'm, how familiar, I'm not. how real they, that is. They or... steered me away from Freud during all my training. I used to be um, an assistant to a behavior analyst for about ten years. So we were we were purely oh, wow. a Skinner, you know. So that was our whole world. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I don't know much about Skinner. I'm I'm sort of a Wilhelm Reich okay. guy myself, but I, I I still appreciate the good stuff in Freud and definitely, Young. yeah, yeah, of course. of course. But I I like the takes. I like I like a lot of what Reich did, except for like you know I, I'm not so sure how sold I am on the the <laughs> masturbation box. Well, uh, you if know, you know I what I mean, have to get some experiential knowledge on that, and um, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, uh, I mean, Oregon Energy. Uh, anytime someone comes up with a new name for energy, I sort of sigh. But at the same time, if you're trying to explore the definitions of a thing, sometimes you need new names to communicate what your definition is. It's better than just using the old word spirit or something, but with your right. own special definition that people don't well, know. If anything, it's a useful... Right? Uh, like, I'm, I think it's important that we... I think it's important we agree on definitions in our community, especially. Like that's to me sort of what the Hermetic tradition is: is an agreement upon language right. use. That is steps to the latter, really. Or um, series of. I, I mean, yeah. If you just redefine names, yeah. Uh, what what, what was they used to call um, the energy made when wood is burning when it gives off the heat? They would call it phlogiston. Is that right? Yeah. Phlogiston, yes, the phlogiston. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, me and Dean have an ongoing back and forth thing about uh, about um, oh, ectoplasm. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, he sends me pictures of it, <laughs> I, I laugh, and like I have no problem with ectoplasm existing. I've just never well, seen right. it. I've heard uh, stories from of adepts saying they've seen it and stuff. And he he said, "Well, I'm going to try and create some tonight to show you." I'm like. Fucking a! Right, bring that is on. how what we need. That's the kind of magical practice I'm interested in. Um, I demonstrate for the first time ever I, in, in ages. I demonstrated something to to someone who I was at the, a New Year's thing, which in Berlin is shockingly long. It started at at two a.m. It started at midnight or well, we went to a house at eight p.m. and then we went to a, a party at two a.m. Okay got in at 3 a.m. and left at 9 p.m. Oh, my gosh. Well, there was an indoor well, swimming yeah. pool I mean, how can you leave? with cabanas and, and lounge. <laughs> how can you leave? How can you leave there? I mean, like, you know it's going to be a good party when they take your cell phone and your shirt right. at the door. Right. Just in case. <laughs> uh, in case anyone's doubting whether or not I have a little love for the thelemic mode of life. Mm. 
<laughs> I don't I don't mind no. that stuff. <clears throat> I, I I love the idea of the you know the chameleonis. I um was investigating the OTO well before I ever um sincerely took on the Golden Dawn work. Yeah. 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 There's definitely the feel. Um I love a lot of the written material they have. Um and then I, you know what? That's so funny. I've recently talked to someone who had undergone and did not pass the examination for the AA. Um, I thought all you had to do was admit that you had a problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been waiting to say that for ages. I've never said that ever before. But I've been waiting. It seemed like the right moment. Birth, you know, so. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> this is the reason we're friends. That's right. That's right. But no, uh, they, they were talking about some of the. Uh, some of the questions on the exam that were very curious. Um, <laughs> one in which it said, depict a pentagram that expresses the value. Um, it, and it was like a really weird number, like 497. And so okay. they had no idea what to do with that. You know, just... that number sort of rings a bell, actually. Well, I mean, I'm just taking that out of the air right now. I'm not sure what number it actually was, but um, I don't know. maybe it's just I've you know my life's been so full of this shit. Every number rings a bell. Well, it equates to seven, I think, right? I guess I'll trust you. <laughs> but uh, four ninety six. Four ninety six. Yeah. Well, four ninety seven. Yes. Yeah. Wait, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, not at all. Yeah. All right. Wait. That's embarrassing. Yeah, that's Sorry, it's late at night. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I just dug out of my uh, my trunk? What's that? I dug out this. You're going to love this. I'll post some pictures of it to you. In, on it. So I just dug out a Duotang. You remember those? With like fifty pages of typewritten single space, really, and it's from nineteen ninety five. Yeah, what what fourteen year old writes fifty pages of single space writing? And in grade ten, this is like uh, so months after I was uh, initiated into neophyte. Yes, yeah. we had to. We were told we had to do five book reports that year. Well, I had just finished doing reading six books, so I wrote six book reports. <laughs> and I asked my teacher, this is the in German they would call me a Streba. Streba. They always called me that in Vienna when I was like there in Zelator in sixteen. And they uh they uh it means striver. And when I heard that I'm like, Fuck yeah, I'm a striver. I'm like I'm like a strider strider, striving to stride across the land and conquer mortar, motherfuckers. <laughs> damn straight and they'd be like how can this guy like that word but you know i was coming from being called a geek all my life already right. and i'm like yeah of course i'm of course i'm a geek like what would i rather do play basketball and chase girls or play basketball and then go chase elf girls in dungeons and dragons right yeah <laughs> no choice no choice there no question no no yeah, real life people can't live up to your fancy <laughs> ones come on so this no. these book reports it's here's what it says Book report number one by dot 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 Saint Occultism by Dion Fortune. And then it's all on the same page. And book report number two. 
scores in the work by Dion Fortune. And book report number three, Practical Occultism and Delay by Dion Fortune. <laughs> and can you guess what? Book report number four, The Training and Work of an Initiate by Dion Fortune. Book report number five, Aspects of Occultism by Dion Fortune. And an oral report on Applied Magic by Dion Fortune. It sounds a little self-indulgent there, you know. I mean, you were just having Yeah, so I... Yeah, <laughs> I was I was super thrilled that in high school the teachers were different than in grade school, and I was able to actually. Uh, so like these were these are anthroposophists, right? Who were schooled in in Rudolf Steiner and knew about this stuff. In grade eight, I had already given my first book report. The first book report we ever wrote in our school was in grade eight, and I wrote it. <clears throat> I did a biography on Aleister Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> and I expected that I was trying to shock the teachers, but I was also curious about his life and all the crazy things he did. Yeah. Um, but the teachers, all of them, even like my, even my, my crochet and knitting teacher, <laughs> Mrs. Allerton, she was like, this old person was like, oh, Alistair Crowley, interesting, <laughs> strange choice. And I was like, you know, him? she's like, well, of course. I'm like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> like, I thought this was just a school that, you know, taught about no you danced your name and oh your rhythm but it turned out they i didn't realize how occult uh, the waldorf steiner school system was <laughs> and so you know i was i got very measured interesting responses from these teachers i'm like i can do this i was going i was starting with the don michael craig book like just doing the comfort uh, the the relaxation right, ritual right. and that sort of stuff and trying to get the lvrp together in a functional way I mean, the first few times, the first week I did it, it was just shocking to me the difference between that and the things I was doing from like Dio, uh, you know, Cunningham's right. stuff and uh, DJ Conway's Celtic Magic. First time I tried to set up anything, do Celtic Magic with Dion Fortune or Conway's book, you know, I just set up an altar, sat in front of it, and was like, <laughs> now what? Like, I didn't have a clue. I was like, I sort of expected just drawing a pentagram on my chair on my table right <laughs> in indelible marker and, and putting all the things in the right it's okay that <laughs> i just didn't know what to do like because it was like uh, i just i was like okay and uh anyway so i handed in this massive duo tank full of these book reports on dion fortune and it, what what you said about her earlier uh made me think of this so i just ran into the and grabbed it but when i was rereading some of it man oh my god it's so painful <laughs> Like, I'm reading myself, and I'm, like, the most smug, arrogant little kid you, you could ever imagine. You like, so like empowered, though, and so amplified above oh, yeah. your peers at that time. Encountering information like that. I was like, I was like, I am <laughs> the one. Right. Wake up, Neo. Right. And, uh, like, some of the things, like, I'll, like there's lines like, uh, and this thing that she says, I can attest myself through my own personal experience, blah, 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 blah. When I, ha when I reread it, I have to, like, have a British accent in my head oh, just to be able to bear my own words. It, you know, so. <laughs> I get it. I yeah. Get it. <laughs> I'll see if I can find a fun little passage that's really embarrassing to read for you. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure I have similar words. <laughs> because she is amazing. She's amazing. Some of the stuff is... A little nuts and just i i don't i just don't agree with right. you anymore well you know there was this this sense of ultimate reality they had a much stronger sense that they're they were connecting with an ultimate reality of the way things really were and i just think uh 
I, I think that's, that's a really true. weird term to put on it. Yeah, ultimate. Um, yeah. Well, that's sort of my term. What's interesting? That's sort of my term. Um, I have to think on that for a while. The, yeah, the French philosopher Henri Bergson, who I used a lot in my graduate theses and doctoral work. Um, is fascinating because, of course, when you consider the fact that this French philosopher who has mainstream clout and wrote a lot on matter and memory and his main thing was intuition, which not many philosophers have tackled, especially right. analytical philosophers, it's fascinating when I realized, wait a second, Bergson, that name rings a bell. And then I realized he was he at various times had you know his broke sister and her husband, McGregor Mathers, oh living gosh. with him in oh, Paris. Yeah. Right? Right? So it's like, there is no way this French philosopher and Mathers weren't influencing each other. Right. Oh, I, I love that. In I Paris. That. <laughs> oh my God. I love that too. Especially since that's the only connection Mathers and, or anyone in, anyone in the Golden Dawn probably has to, or even maybe all of esotericism, that has to the mainstream academia of yeah. that time. Right. I mean, now we have academics like Moshe Adel in the University of Jerusalem writing about Kabbalah and to, you know, who understands the every the movement from modernism to post-structuralism and the ethical developments in the field of ethics that have happened. And he's writing about Kabbalah, which is fascinating because he shows like deconstructive parading in early Jewish thought and early Jewish meditation practices like Temura, which is one of my favorite things. And that's cool. But. Bergson was this early philosopher, you know, in the who clearly was influenced by right. Hermetic thought. Isn't that that's like how fucking groovy is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, P.S. I do encourage swearing on this uh, on this this podcast. <laughs> it keeps away and the judgmental the judgmental uh, uh, spiritualists far from my I'm, uh, I'm very strange about how I. That's why I posted that picture of me eating meat on my page. <laughs> what? I posted a picture of me like cooking a steak the other, you know, last month just for Christmas. I think it was. Yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes uh, the judgmentalism of other people in their diets and the whole thing is just a uh, it gets to me. I, I think it's a really good filter, yeah. actually, to get rid of people you don't want around you is to get. It's sort of my solution. It's my it's my my uh, cure to the the danger of guruism. It's a good one. Add a, add a, add a dash of transparency, and people aren't going to see you as a guru right. ever. Right. Definitely don't let them create that um, that extra stratosphere for you. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, that's a dangerous game. Um, I'm, do you get a lot of things like that online where people are reaching out to you, like? teach me you know take me on as a student and oh um well i did right, until my right. account well, got I blocked. Knew you were doing that in a <laughs> way but i mean do you ever get sort of the the almost desperate messages um or just really outlandish ones that begging and pleading oh yeah i had someone to ask me do a ritual yeah, to help them like uh, okay. cut their penis yeah. off <laughs> Right. Yeah, because they don't deserve to have. And I, I talked to this person probably a lot longer than I should have. And I haven't blocked them yet or anything. I just like, dude, I, I'm sorry, but 
I can't help you with your yeah penis. Yeah, no, um... <laughs> you mean your penis have no relationship spiritually or physically, <laughs> and never will have. And you know, as a trained like counselor and spiritual director, I'm very sympathetic to. It doesn't matter what the issue someone brings to you is. If they're bringing to you an issue, right. there's an issue there. <clears throat> what you have to do is discover what that yeah. real issue is. Yeah. And uh, and I'm always sympathetic to that because, you know, Jesus. I was. Yeah, I, I say that with a smile, of course, because. <laughs> I, I, I was. Uh... Humor's humor's the cure for yeah a lot of things. Yeah. I was um, you were what just wondering about your your typical online interactions i I've had a few interesting of my own and then but the only one that's really surprised me and maybe it shouldn't have when I posted some of the lamas that I'd made recently um, and one of them being mm. you know the Philpot cross um, in the original picture, one of them it still remains it was not reported um it's fine. But in the second, someone reported it as um, hateful, inappropriate. You know, they took it as... Was it the yeah, Philfo cross? Was. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> you know what I mean, but... Yeah, it's, it, just tell them, tell them to go to <laughs> exactly. India. Exactly, see it everywhere. Um, but no, it's interesting because the first post survived. You know... It still does. No one said a word about it, where it is blatantly displayed. And then in the second one... Mm. nothing you know it was just instantly reported um but it's a moment to not respond with frustration and uh to kind of think of how to present that in a way that was more of a learning opportunity um rather than you know fuck instagram fuck the filters fuck you know the general opinion (laughs) of all this and there we go you know whatever (laughs) f-bombs hitting the ground oh yeah well I love it. I'm very um on my on my Patreon I said that there was nudity <laughs> in my in my Patreon so that it wouldn't list it. <laughs> it might up your sales, I don't know, but yeah. I could I could probably post a picture of someone's penis if I just yeah, I talked mean, to that could, guy uh, again. Post it amputated as well if you were Oh dear God, that's just so <laughs> brutal. I, I might and you know I can't I don't I can't even laugh when you say that because I'm so sympathetic to the pain that person must be suffering right, to say that right. to someone. Like, you know, um, it's it's horrific and sad and you know, as a healer I want people to heal and it's just yeah. it's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's a cool thing. I haven't read this in twenty years. Shall I read a quick oh, paragraph? Please. It's yeah. So this is on the third chapter, preparation for initiation. That's cool. Yeah. That's appropriate, yeah. right? So I haven't read this in 20 years. This is this is 15-year-old me. <laughs> the quote is, The gate is open. It is for him to tread the path. Ignoring the sexist language of him. Sure. You know, because you can't explain to people today that masculine includes feminine. Or the fact that the word woman comes from the old English word wife, man. <laughs> I mean, people, even if they understand it, they're still like, you know, they, they might say, well, that's not true, or they, they don't like that, or it's patriarchalism. But the, the bottom line is, today, it is a little unnecessary and slightly douchey if you insist on using it. Right. You know how easy it is to write without gender? 
like in my entire as an academic writer i was trained from grade 10 or 11 on again i was very lucky to have good teachers i was trained that if you had to use uh if you were writing in a way that required you to then put in a gender like and that you, you were therefore or you know, motivated to say they or yeah. there i was told that forget using there or there if you're writing in an academic way that then requires you to put in a gender, you've made a mistake. Oh, academic writing does not require that. Now, academics have now since accepted the inclusion of the occasional I in an right. academic, in academic writing, especially the, you know, the progressive elite <laughs> academics and not, the, I'm not talking about the leftists or rightists or whatever. Um, but I'm talking about just like high level academics, you know, you don't need to use that kind of language. There's yeah. a way around it. Yeah. And that way around it, actually communicates more information in a briefer time so is it hard oh god yeah it's fucking well, hard yeah of course it's it like you train for years to do that yeah and i have no problem with there for for to get around the gender thing i think that's fine it's mm -hmm. been inevitable i mean it's gone a little bit farther than that but let's read this so <clears throat> here's me the third chapter preparation for initiation defines initiation and what it is to be an initiate for me, this greatly helped to improve my somewhat vague understanding of initiation. For though I could always understand what fortune meant by the words initiate and initiation when used in context, my actual definition was never clear. I now know that the word initiate, quote, this is a high grade of initiation and is normally preceded by lesser initiations of graded intensity, means someone whose higher self has overcome their personality. According to fortune, this is the highest level of physical existence anyone may achieve. The integration of how fortune explains what initiation is and contacting of a master is written in such a way that it brought me to form a self-realization on the subject. The image fortune sets of the master, capital M, first contacting the student superconsciously and the imprinting of the master's symbol and ray of operations in the student's kether sphere, kether meaning crown, the first sephira, highest point of manifestation, AHA, above their head is an image of occult clarity. That's a weird phrase, occult clarity. Right. <laughs> nice <yeah>. little oxymoron <laughs> there. After defining, oh, of course, paradox is a huge part of the, the power of, right. of our work and you know, the, the essence of the two pillars and the, the lightning flash and all that. After defining and discussing initiation, Fortune goes on in this chapter to detail the options following initiation, the path of the mystic and the path of the occultist. Interesting. The former path is the one is one where the mystic, after completing the cycle of reincarnation, a little swallow of hot whiskey, hmm. Hmm. stays in his liberated state. For the mystic views the flesh as a form of bondage of which he or she, let's say, must break free. The latter path, however, see, but you can't even say he or she now because then you're being dualistic and denying oh, exactly. all the others. I mean, it's yeah, so it's just such a such yeah. a hot. Uh, the latter path hot mess it's a hot mess let's call it that <laughs> the latter path however differs from the former in that the occultist once reaching liberation from the flesh returns to the plane of form earth the occultist's goal oh i forgot the possessive apostrophe there <laughs> dumb fucking 15 year olds goal is to then aid humanity as did jesus of the christ energy or ray quote that the mystic aims at escaping from the bondage of the flesh never to return whereas the occultist designs to return to matter bearing with him the fruits of his labors that is something i still think is 
I wouldn't call it mystic, although I would say that's more like the Eastern Enlightenment mm-hmm. model. Anyway, that's the end of the quote. Yeah, to return, we like you know, we don't just solve it; we coagulate right. afterwards, right? We go up the path of the serpent, but our goal is not to stay up there. It's the ability we we seek after the ability to go up there when we need to, but then right. bring it back down again. It's a big difference between sort of the yoga transcendental meditation <clears throat> versus the Western path that I got into as okay. as a yeah. you know ten year old. <laughs> It is not, however, that the mystic abandons this myth, abandons the world, for his prayers helped to lift the planet's karma on the inner planes. When I had read the chapter, I came to the realization that my goal, I was very big on realizations back then, and what I believe is the obvious goal is to be both mystic and occultist in one, as was Jesus. Holy fuck, that's, that's pretty profound. Sounds like you, Ron. I love that I had some chutzpah, like, okay, she says there's two paths. And I was like, no, I will do them as one. Yeah. That was, um, well, that's it. That's extremely impressive work. Really? Um, yeah. Thank you. I mean, uh, it, what, there, was, there wasn't really a lot of douchiness there, which there is well, in some of the rest of it. <laughs> but, uh, hey, what can I say? Um, you know. Back then, I had black hair down to my waist. Oh, you went through that too, huh? Day, so <laughs> I, I had one or two issues. Oh, yeah, prosthetic oh, sure. vampire fangs, the whole shebang. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, that's so interesting. So I love that oh, here's a 15-year-old you is talking about, you know, traversing to the different heights of the tree and then bringing back down. Sorry about that sound, by the way. Um, yeah. You know, bring that back down. Um, I remember encountering that in Fortune's Works. And that was um, that was a revelation for me, you know, because she she proposed it in a way it, that it is. she compared it to modern physicists, um, in how the science she says and how the scientists and physicists approach um, dissecting reality. They dissect dense matter to arrive at the underlying principles of its creation. The occultist approaches it from the principles of creation to create matter. And I thought, whoa, you know, like that's. Uh, Kind of a That's insightful statement there if you're not privy to it already. Um, yeah, well, especially since we understand right. matter so much better now, and we understand that matter changes on these small quantum right. levels. Like the fact that we now know that objects and space and physical things maintain a kind of energetic memory, that is mind blowing to me because I was sure that one of the things science would disprove is the idea of this talismanic nature of physical objects. I believed that that would be disproven by science has not really, is more one of the more hocus pocus woo woo things. And I was <laughs> wrong as fuck. And do you know how glad I am wrong? I'm so right. I'm super glad Everything I'm wrong. Everything is enchanted. You know, yeah. it, and it Every- makes, cause it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, objects. So now it's like, you go, you go enchant talismans and sell them to people across the world. Right. Why not? Right. Like, you know, no, it's, it's, um, it's incredible. Um, and then, That's oh, science. Right, science. Um, <laughs> like when you go through doorways and things, they say it's more likely that um, memories, your ability to recall certain things you've been groping for all day in your mind will suddenly come to you if you just go in and out of doorways in your home. Um, I'm not sure what the empirical evidence wow. that would look like, but, uh, <laughs> you know, how conditional. Well, right. I don't think but, we're there know, yet. Just a know. lot of interesting theories yeah. like that. There that we still I don't know what to know what the future will hold for them, um, whether confirmed or debunked. 
but absolutely yeah yeah no the questions are, are are crucial i mean i was watching this thing on dark matter the other day and i realized oh my god dark matter is just a temporary appellation it's a name we give to something we don't know what it is or the what god it is and i was like yeah <laughs> that's like it, it makes me think of the placebo effect it's like we give these things these pseudoscientific names so that we can categorize them but then we often stop right. exploring I mean, they literally them. go to the back burner yeah and it's like yeah like so the why are not more studies like rogan was talking about this like why are not more studies being done on the placebo effect well they can't sell it that's where spirituality <laughs> and reiki and all these other mystical right. paths come in right <laughs> but if the placebo effect is effect is 40 or 50 percent as effective as taking an actual pill <laughs> you'd think that we would be training to create the placebo effect and that is where spirituality and mysticism still hold right dominance right you know i mean that's amazing isn't oh. it like the placebo effect is essentially our mind changing right. our bodies and dark matter is maybe spirit or something we don't know it could be many 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 things that's uh it's uh i'm a fan of science i like hard science i like hard science i like soft science i think i think <clears throat> science is great i think spirituality should relent to science when science starts to investigate something yeah. that's why i'm not a big i have i have very little interest in spiritual theories on reincarnation or karma because i think it's gotten to the point where we need science to take the right. lead on that one right no i can understand that for sure um, yeah like someone telling me how spirituality how, how reincarnation is <laughs> or how it works exactly or how karma works exactly based on their intuitions right. doesn't satisfy me it doesn't right. satisfy me at all especially since karma is a name that comes out of Hinduism, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. I believe, right? And but the way we've co-opted it has nothing to do with the Hindu belief, which is one designed to support a caste system yeah. <laughs> and a way of like maintaining lower status people to be content and not revolt <laughs> against the Brahmins. <laughs> <laughs> and you see that in like Victorian English hymns. You know, the rich man in his mansion, the poor man at their gate, they all have their place in God's great kingdom, however that well, goes. Don't. You know what I mean? Do you remember no. that, that Christmas song? It's 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 a, one of the popular Christmas songs. Like, yeah, the you know, the, the rich man in his, you know, all have their right. kingdom. You know, it's like those were songs designed to pacify lower oh, classes yeah. and make them believe that it was God's will to keep them where they're at. So on that level alone, thank God for, uh, you know, capitalism. And in that sense, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> in that sense, right? Like, uh, you know, be all you can right. be. Amen. Speaking of um, entrepreneurial endeavors, how is the Patreon going? Are you still actively doing that or is... Oh, I'm about... I'm going harder into that Are more than okay. ever. Yeah, and as of like January 31st, which is my birthday, I I might be exclusively on that. And then just a little bit on the Frater RC thing. I'm, I'm phasing out of the other stuff. And I think this Facebook ban thing is probably due to competitors, haters. Like there's some impersonators on me. Yeah, I was confused though, about your aren't statement banned. on that. Um, I wasn't sure if, um... yeah, what was going on with that? Yeah, well, huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, I don't want to get into it. It's just, it's just a bunch of bullshit. Right. It is. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. 
lazy, useless people will never stop trying to take from, you know, hardworking people who have a purpose in life. Yeah. I... <laughs> and uh, right now we're at a stage of the Internet's development where, you know, cyber criminals are supported more than they are punished to be the case. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and that's OK. It's I guess it's just evolution sure. or something like that, you know. I mean, we see that with with the uselessness of our political system as well. Uh, I mean, these overpaid politicians making three times what it, uh, a high school teacher makes. <laughs> and then we wonder why kids are shooting each other in right, schools. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just so self-evident to me that uh, I don't think I can waste the intellectual time going into it in any detail. Right, you save it. You try to all. I think it might take it just implode. You know what? Uh, the world's just not ready to change in that way yet, and but change is yep. coming. Yeah, I mean, for better or for worse. Um, you know, it it always does. Yeah. You know, look at look at language; it changes regardless of what we what we think it should do. I mean, the first thing I was told, one of the first things I was told in uh, intro to linguistics, actually, which everyone should take at intro to linguistics. You know, <clears throat> six weeks or eight weeks on the five. Ever. Yeah. You know? And uh, we were told, like, when uh, people say axe, can I ask you a question? They're not speaking a lower form of English. It's switching those two letters. I think it's called ellipsis. Um, or, yeah. And uh, it's a natural process. And most, it's very possible in 100 years that will be the correct <laughs> way to say ask is axe. They, these things just switch around all the time. Oh. And uh, if you look at if you look at if you look at Beowulf, <laughs> it's not it, it makes perfect sense. Language changes. I mean, we say Gebura, but modern Hebrew right. people say Gevura or Gevura. And here's what I at first I was very conflicted about this. I'm like, oh god, am I am I fucking doing it wrong? But then I found out that the the v and the b are two are cognate sounds, right? Especially in linguistics, that that's yeah, v and b, t yeah. and d. Right, and when you study the way the phonetics in your mouth work and the tongue moves with the palatal, alveopalatal, interdental sort of mechanisms, you realize how fluctuating and soft those rules are. And that's what happened when when the Israel state was reestablished after the Second World War, and, and Hebrew was reignited as a language because it really didn't exist. It didn't ex even ex it wasn't even knowing Hebrew in Jesus's time was like us knowing huh. Latin today. People forget that. That's yeah. crazy, right? That's why when Jesus said us, you know, Eli Eli Lama Sabachthani, people thought, why is he talking about oh. Elijah? Because they didn't understand what he was saying. That's hilarious. Fascinating, yeah. huh? I know, right? Yeah, and if and we know that if he had said it in Aramaic, I think it would have been Allah Allah Allah. I forget the rest of it. It sounds like that Brianna song hot whiskey <laughs> umbrella ella ella you had my heart it's a great song <laughs> i play it on guitar actually i do a lot of like rihanna and britney spears it's a big hit. oh yeah. brilliant song rating man what else can you expect when you get like 30 well-paid craftsmanship geniuses <laughs> together to compose a song for a pop star you're gonna get yeah, something good most of the time that. I mean that's why Taylor Swift's that's why Taylor Swift's so impressive because she writes her songs primarily right. herself. 
that that's mind blowing. Oh my god! And Katy Perry too. She writes, I believe, her songs, most of her songs herself. Yeah, I mean, rather than you know, have to go to the boardroom and see what the board <laughs> has come up with. Uh, makes me think about. Yeah, I don't know. I have nothing against that. I just, uh, I just want you know, that's I just funny. want some of those boardrooms to make my me songs. think of Daniel Johnston right now. <laughs> um, with his endless, endless string of songs Who's that he? he wrote out of complete neuroticism um, and obsession over this woman. Have you? Oh. Are you not familiar? Well, no, I, I, know, I know Jack um, Johnson. You've probably heard covers of this guy's songs. Um, he, there's a great documentary about him. He he basically yeah. kind of lost his mind to bipolar disorder and really acted out some manic depressive symptoms in a large way and had wow. this big music career for a moment um there's a it's called the devil and daniel johnston though if you ever have time it's it's really worth watching it's well that sounds awesome. great I mean, oh i definitely will yeah i definitely will there's some amazing new documentaries that have come out in the last 10 years about uh, unknown musicians who you know were lost but actually geniuses i just watched the new netflix documentary on uh Cizersky the Polish artist who really should be held up there with the greatest, almost completely forgotten about throughout the turmoil oh, wow. of the, no, of the wars familiar. and everything. Yeah. It's really crazy. Um, I think it's called a, an eternal battle. I don't know. My Netflix series oh, right. in German. So it was like, I, I, Ewiger Krieg. Yeah. The titles of the movies are in German on the Netflix. I have to it's like, funny. you know, think for a second if I can't recognize. Yeah, like, you know, Limitless is called Ona Limit <laughs> without limit. Like Legends of the Fall is Legends of Passion. Wow. And there's some even there's some even stupider ones. Yeah. Germany is like still one of the only countries that that dubs overdubs every single movie. Even like the shittiest B movie is overdubbed <laughs> in cinemas in Germany. I love that <laughs> so much. <laughs> it's pretty when i went to see in, in 1997 i went to see uh uh brad pitt and, and harrison ford in the, the devil's own you know with brad pitt with his brutal irish accent i was very into i was very into the ira back then like i was writing them letters <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a weird phase in my life that was my rebellious stage but um i went to see it in german and it was even worse in german uh, and the name they gave to find, or like, you know, sort of my beloved Oh, enemy. wow. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the devil's own at all. No. Like, you know, what? Uh, anyway. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I raz Germans all the time on the... I, I took German in, um, in high school, but um, I would not be yeah? able to keep up. I mean, if you wrote it down for me, I could probably sort it out, but... You know, it's and it's not very hard no to it never I mean, was. certainly not hard like the the this the yeah french german all those romance languages the germanic languages they're simple as, as like simple hebrew and aramaic are really simple languages latin simple language you want know a hard language oh Greek. god yeah or uh the slavic the slavic languages the <laughs> like when when pushkin wrote his books he was writing a lot of his words phonetically because did you know even a hundred years ago there was no standard spelling for Russian? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine like sounding out words and making up your own spelling for them because you've never seen them written before? <laughs> I, I think it was a bit more than a hundred years ago, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Alexander Pushkin. 
if you've never read Evgeny Onyegin or seen the the Ray Fiennes and uh, Liv Tyler movie adaptation, oh, it'll break your heart. You will sit there crying like a child. <laughs> it's just so beautiful and so romantically painful. Like you know, he at the last scene. He, I love material like when that. When she sees though. him on the street and he walks away cold and alone, I'm it's so it. heartbreaking. <laughs> You know, it's like Brad Pitt says in The Devil Zone, this is an Irish story. There's no happy ending. One of the worst Irish accents up there with Tom Cruise's. <laughs> yeah, but still, I still love all that stuff. It's it's just right. It's so but melodramatic. In that. It's my version of yeah. Days of Our Lives. Uh, mm. Oh, absolutely. There's beauty in everything, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite book of poems I've ever read is... Uh, by a Irish writer from Dublin, the, the the leader of Irish language studies, Michal O'Shiel. And uh, he wrote a book on the oh. Holocaust based on these accounts he read. One of the most powerful books of poetry I've ever read. I can't remember the the, the name, but you can look it, it up. Michal O'Shiel. Michael, it's Michael O'Shiel. And O'Shiel is spelled O-S-I-A-D-H. You'll have to A-I-L, of course, yeah. for those listening. <laughs> Yes, you're yes. making me think of um, the symphony. Of... Yeah, I have a, I have another podcast where I read right. poems. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't syndicate it. It's just more for me. <laughs> Sometimes I just like to recite poetry for an hour or two. There's um, a beautiful series of symphonies called the Symphonies of Sorrowful Songs by Henrik Gorecki. and um, they are mm. all inspired by a scrawled message from a young girl who was a prisoner in the Holocaust that she had written to her mother in the wall using her fingers, I believe. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my right. God. But the, That's the, so the painful. music's beautiful. Um, I think it's, it might be movement three or movement, I can't remember now, but it's very, very beautiful. And I think you would like it. Oh, yeah, definitely send me, I link, link me up. Uh, we can we can post links on the the cast page. Right. How crazy is podcasting, hey? You just like you and I have never met. We just click a couple <laughs> buttons and we're talking for the first time yes. ever in our lives. Yeah. yeah. It's strange. Amazing. It's funny. Amazing. We far surpassed Star Trek t- transcorders and those you know, remember when Picard has his uh thing and he's like, This contains every book on earth <laughs> Shakespeare. And now we're like Oh, so it doesn't have much memory, eh? (laughs) I'm pretty sure you can put a terabyte in a phone if you really want to. I'm sure. Probably more. I just wish they would actually give us real batteries instead of these ones designed to crap out after six months. I'm uh, I'm even more surprised today that... What a scam. ...actually at the time to talk. I'm normally working all the time, working on something, or drawing, or... um, Today actually happened to be one of those rare days off that I sometimes have. Wow. So, but you still have to go in like I do. 20 minutes. Yeah. Is that correct? Oh, that's sad. We're going to definitely have to Absolutely, do a part two yeah. of this. Yeah. I have um, more drawing to do. It is the end of my Patreon. I'm putting a stop to it. Yeah. yeah. Really? I just, you, I just found out oh. right now that you're on it. Well, <laughs> welcome. Yes, it's over. Um, well, yeah, that's sad. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people are leaving, like uh, Jordan Peterson, Dave Rubin, Sam Harris are all leaving in protest, which is uh, intense. 
But, like, I don't know. You can't leave everything, can no, you? No, no. So, like, I understand, like, Griffin and his, you know, bunch of cunt nuggets can get me banned off Instagram and Facebook as right. much as they want. But uh, you got to stay no, somewhere. I, um, I found a gallery hosting service online um, where I can just make the pieces indefinitely available. That way they're not limited. So, okay. Um, with the Patreon, huh. the originals were whoever won, that's it. That's the last one. I mean, it's gone. Oh, you could win them. It was like that's a lotto cool. kind of format, you know. As long as you paid, I think it was $1 a month, you had your name in the drawing pot, and that's all it took. But with the okay. membership tier, that's cool. of course, were other bonuses. I mean, if you paid $5 a month, no matter what, even if you didn't win, you were guaranteed prints of both originals every month. So really, it okay. was very lucrative, but it was a lot of fun to do. It gets into that thing where That's all that matters. accumulate, though, they forget to update credit card information, um, you know, in time. And then when you pull a name and they haven't paid, well, I'm sorry, you know, you're not eligible. So, uh, and then I had a little backlash on that from one. And she said something, oh, no. I mean, it was seven days after the billing and she still hadn't updated the card information. Mm. And, well, I was going to do it. You know, my card uh, was compromised. And so I said, well, I'm sorry, but that's on you to keep that updated. I can't update it for you. So, You're a hard man. Right. You're a hard man. <laughs> I'm a softy man. <laughs> like some people like wrote to me, have written to me since my, uh, my book's out in Spanish now, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's in print in Spanish, but not in. What? Yeah. What is the deal with that? Why How fucking that? weird is that? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my choice. <laughs> it had nothing to. Uh, all the debt from from uh, uh, trained in Toronto by some of my former mischievous students. Mischievous is a very nice word for for them. Um, you know, <laughs> well, she split. You know, reason, um, and uh, she uh, to translate my biography. So I sent her the one-page biography, and then as a thank you, I sent her the entire and a month entire book. Oh my god! <laughs> That's why it happened. <laughs> and now she's working on volume two with a bit on the clipboat and uh, all the uh, like the other the next four manuscripts, and there'll be the full Tahuti document manuscripts uh, released. Sure. Which I'm glad to get that work out for people because, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's thing that helps anyone is good, but people and they're like, yo, I can't buy the, uh, Amazon or someone in Nigeria said they can't, there's no Amazon in Nigeria. And I, I couldn't figure out how to watermark the pages. So eventually I was just, I just said, you know what, here you go. Here's a document. If you're going to upload it to archive.com, so be it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, I hope it helps. I mean, shit, man, you can't take it with you. Right. 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 Like you can't. No. And like, all that matters is uh, how we can help and heal people along the way. Like, what else matters? Right. Right. No, I agree. That's sort of my essential modus operandi in life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I, you know, so I, I'm, I'm developing more backbone, especially with the, you know, as a tax go against my family, then it's like, okay, if I have to like put down the wand and pull or protect mm. a family and stuff against, you know, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
I still can't believe guy. this happened, by the way. Uh, <laughs> what, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, right? I mean, the, the, the Sora who, who grabbed the six-foot, like, there's Claymore <laughs> as the Phylax, <laughs> the female Sentinel, and, like, put it at his throat and forced him out the door. She's she's on Instagram. She watches everything I do. She doesn't in very low profile. But right. uh, she she we, she we and I message personally a lot, and she's just like, I heard you talk talking about that story. I'm like, yeah, of course. It's yeah. too funny not to talk about. No, I think that's maybe really the only reason Griffin, Griffin hasn't, like, uh, at me or said communicate with me ever since then personally um <laughs> because like what do you say when someone actually has real dirt on you <laughs> right like this is what this guy did to me like if it was america and it was like a private home i think i could have shot him yeah absolutely right and especially like, oh absolutely oh i love you americans you guys are like yeah absolutely no man, just shoot i'm him. not encouraging you sound like I'm jeff just, Contreras there no. that is the reality here um that is a reality. Uh, particularly, so in I didn't know who the Kentucky, person was. Kentucky he had a he had a foreign court. accent, so I shot him. <laughs> and the cops would be like, "Sounds about right, man." Boy, I tell you what. Oh, that's where I'm from, by the way. Oh, I am from places like where that. Texas. No, are um, you from I, Texas, son? I was born in Kentucky. Oh shit! I love bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Um, I'm Knob Knob Creek all the way, but. Uh, yeah, I was born in Kentucky. I was raised right on the border of West Virginia. In um, West Virginia, right, mountain yeah, mama. Backwoods, little town. It's a place where everyone thrives on the misuse of double negatives. Um, oh, well, that's brilliant. I think that's one of the most advanced forms of language you can oh, use. Well, they don't know what they're doing with it. But um, I, I don't know. No, I don't know. But, you know. <laughs> I love language, and I think I think dialectual differences are scoffed at. I think they're to be learned. From. Very interesting. They say yeah, so the much about psychology. So interesting. Oh, yeah. I have a friend who. Like, uh, do you know that everyone in Germany? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tell me about your friend. Oh, okay. No, fuck <laughs> Germany. I don't need to talk about it. <laughs> I have a friend, and she um, is from Logan, West Virginia, which is. In the middle of fucking nowhere. No one even knows where it is. Um, she is so intellectually accomplished, though. I mean, she's a professor, you know, for university, has like a doctorate and all this wonderful stuff. She's done very well for herself. And that's not to be expected from anyone from where I'm from. Um, but when you meet her, her accent is the thickest I've ever heard in my life. So it's very <laughs> disturbing to her academic peers who are, you know, from renowned places, renowned schools and but when they meet her and she's able to trump yeah. her in any way possible, but with this really blatant accent, it confounds them. And it's the most brilliant thing to observe. Um. Don't, don't you mean drum them? <laughs> no, you're fine. Sorry. I had to. I'm sorry. So, you know, it, it, it is it is fucking awesome. Like, you know, you get these people with these, these uh, you know, uh, what, what do we call them? Insular or <laughs> country accents. Yes. Yeah. You know. Well, when you, you listen to talk and you're like, wow, this person's smarter words, than they thought she was from Russia. No one there could understand her. It was holy it was shit. We thought it was That's a joke awesome. at first, but it went across the entire city. No one could make out what she was saying. So. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Huh. 
I'm a, I'm a fan of it. Definitely. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. You know, there's old songs <laughs> from the Appalachian mountains that, uh, that are exactly the same as yes. Irish songs that yeah. we have from like the 16th, 17th century, but they're sung differently. And linguists have deduced and figured out that actually those accents are probably more similar to how Irish people spoke back then. Just like linguists are pretty much mostly agreed on the fact that Shakespearean English probably most likely sounded to and compared to modern day accents most similarly to the southern <laughs> american accent like right. georgia and savannah the molasses yeah. is that amazing yeah amazing and it makes perfect sense you know like so you got this you got these this these irish songs like um she took him by the lily white hand and she led him to the stable and then in, you got in the appalachian version which was isolate for 300 years right you got she took him by right. the lily white hand and led him to the stable right. you know you know there's um wow so cool that, well it's considerable anyway it's called the foxfire books and it's um a collection of all the okay. knowledge of the frontiers people of appalachia and it's their songs it's their culture how to build their cabins um how to fight snakes and um how to charm things with psalms from the bible um it's it's incredible really it's it's a treasure trove of that culture yeah it's uh, so like well they must have some crazy folk magic in yes, that region as that well abounds. i actually found my first tarot deck buried beneath my friend's house in a shoebox with newspaper clippings and um, you... marked as targets are you serious yeah whoa it was oh, like put there by jesus just by for somebody, you hoping not to have it found i'm sure so <laughs> oh you you know it was jesus because after jerusalem and israel he what came that? to america he, he jesus came well, to america after we, we he was don't in the really ancient try to Near East. that too much we know this because yeah well we don't want to let like, that's those are the secrets that moroni has given just to us if you were going to name an angel, do you think you might choose a word other than moron to, to put a suffix oh, on? I'm sorry, you were cutting out a bit. Like the angel, the angel moron. Just linguistically, I've always thought, now the word moron existed in Joseph yeah. Smith's time. Maybe he could have used a different <laughs> name or One heard a different name. Yeah. Been community, like, of all the names, moroni, like it was almost like a tell a secret tell to any <laughs> smart people that might question his authority. Don't come here unless you are one of the followers of moron, oh, moron. I. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's so obvious. Right. And how do you lose gold tablets after a hundred years? We still have Bibles from oh, the second century. You've never lost the and they lost the gold before? tablets. And those Bibles were. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happens all the time. Oh, oh not sure, personally, yeah. not willingly, you know, well, my friend, I, uh, I have yeah. to get going, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. we got to plan a part two of this. Time, I say that. I'm always willing, not always available, but we'll figure it out. Ditto, ditto. I'm, uh, I'm going to be here for uh, the rest of this month and then head off on the road to do Vienna, the Thoth Hermes thing, and, and a bunch of workshops in Prague, Rome, Amsterdam, London, Ireland, the States, huh? and somewhere else. Then, 
No, I would like to do East Coast of the States, but I don't really have sure. that many connections there. Um, but I'm definitely I'm going to be flying to uh, San Francisco and for all of March. Okay. Yeah, and see where see where things go. I'm following the secret stream, so I I don't have a plan. I just I like have that. goals. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, any parting words for self initiates or seekers of the light to give them with, with your blessing? blessing. Um, yeah, I think the most important thing, if you're going to tackle it in a sincere way, is to do just that and be honest with yourself. Make time for it. Don't do it if you don't have time for it. Um, otherwise, it's just a waste of your own time. Um, right. I, There's lots of time to do these things in your life. You don't right. need to rush um, it. There, there are ways to make time. You know, you can make an hour or two a night and be okay with that. You might have to give up your online interactions or whatever the case. But if you're truly sincere about the work, then it should be worth it to you. So, yeah. Amen. Frater. Thank you. Thanks for your time. It's been amazing. And uh, we'll talk more soon. Hopefully, maybe we can do another part next yes. week or the week after or something. And I, boy, I tell you what, when I come to Ohio, yep. we're going to have a good Let time. Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I will. All right. Peace, Peace and, love. and love. Take care. Thus endeth the first part, done while I was in Berlin, January 3rd, 2019, with Chris Winters. And following now is from just today, Cinco de Mayo, 2020, while I'm in California, part two with Chris Winters. Enjoy. And now, a word from our sponsors. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or $6 a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. Hey, Chris. Can you hear me? Testing one, two, three. Testing. Can you hear? Are you still there? Uh, yeah, that's the first thing I've heard you say. Have you heard what <laughs> I've been saying? Uh, it, it was very glitchy, if I'm being honest. But now there. I can hear you just fine. <clears throat> yeah, I might have just taken a second to uh, fully connect. Yeah, that may be it. That may be it. How are you doing? I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we did. Th- we we're catching up. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I'm doing fine though. Uh, enjoying some downtime. Uh, recently, was reinvited back to work. I suppose, but we're still shut, right. shut down at the moment. But I'm sort of just watching the place while we're shut down, making sure no one breaks in and loots the place. But yeah, yeah, because that's a thing now, isn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> wow! Especially uh, at a big luxury property like that. Oh wow! What kind of property is it? It is a hotel. Uh, it's kind of a mix between a hotel and a fine arts museum. The owners that... built it uh, from their own art collection and everything. So 
That sounds like exactly the kind of place you would fit in. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of temptation, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope they uh, they should uh, hopefully treat you as well as a priceless piece of art. I don't know if they do that, but uh, I guess I was worth bringing back at least, so I'll count myself lucky. Well, they ought to, for sure. <laughs> yeah, how's it going yeah. for you? All right, all right. Um, you know just just we're all trying to stay sort of sane you know right I mean, that is the all, current all, struggle. all of us having lost all of our work and uh you know yeah so that's tough they're uh yeah can't get home can't go anywhere really yeah right. shelter, shelter in place here in california has been extended indefinitely which uh is is makes sense because you know having the 30 the six week limit or whatever really gave people i think a false impression of how serious things were you know they started thinking oh it's going to be six weeks then we're going to be back at it and everything will be fine and they're all itching to party and get out there it's like what do you think the virus cares about our timeline this (laughs) this was a timeline just to sort of like say we're going to see how it goes and now they're just like okay it's indefinite because people got the wrong impression Right, right. Well, you know, they, they did make an agreement with the virus, shook hands on it, and um, it's just not filling its obligation, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, the virus really <laughs> needs to treat us more fairly <laughs> and uh, equitably, I think. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I mean... Well, I hear it's going well in Georgia. but Oh, is it? Yeah, well, yeah, it needs no. to stop just going after old people and autoimmune people. It needs to, like, why doesn't it go after, you know, I don't know more pressing targets <laughs> yeah like politicians right ah. spare, uh, spare the doctors and school teachers go after the politicians right ah. right i mean they seem to be i've never witnessed anything like this in my entire life or even imaginary life where all the authority figures in the world it seems have become regressed to like preschool level behavior and intelligence Oh, it's fascinating, isn't it? Uh, it's like, like a strange simulacrum of something, you know. Yeah, they're not even acting like a normal shitty adult. Right. They're acting like a <laughs> shitty preschooler. Right. They've given up on the illusion, too. You know, it, it really oh. is just the raw content. It's uh, it's lazy, even, in a way. Very lazy. I like I like calling it lazy. People hate mm. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah too real maybe you know yeah when i when i there was a big change in my life when i decided to stop referring to uh those folks that uh robbed me of my all my shit stop referring to them as like evil fucking bastards and i started just referring to them as lazy and greedy and they <laughs> really didn't like that <laughs> well it's the truth you know we're not I mean... lazy we're not greedy. like actually that's exactly what you are <laughs> right. taking someone else's life's work and product and money and bank accounts and stuff and hacking them like that's what happened i mean it's funny i was listening to the podcast because i had to record it off playing it on the computer so there's cocks crowing in the background here and all kinds of other noise because i can't <laughs> escape that and right. but i wanted to save that podcast from the occult magic one which i was locked out of course when they facebook terminated the frat rc account so never yes. create any accounts with a sign in through facebook or instagram or any platform use your email people otherwise they can lock you up permanently which means they keep taking all of the revenue and and to also to force someone to keep their content up even when that content's not appropriate anymore and not let yeah. them access it i've explained it to the anchor uh 
text as often as I could. And they, they can't wrap their head around it, right? Because uh. I created the account with a BH Frat or RC Facebook. And then when I when they locked me out, I tried to log into it using the associated email, which 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 was vhfraterrc at you know what dot com. But that it, that didn't that just created a new podcast. Oh wow! And then when I explained you can't even that continue to them, the old work, they're yeah. like, "Hey, look, you're yeah, they're like, look, your email associated with Occult Magic Podcast is is active and it's there." I'm like, "Yeah, as a different account." They're like, "It's the same thing." I'm like, "Well, it's." definitely not the same thing <laughs> it's a different thing they're like but it's the same email with the facebook account i'm like yeah but we're going when i went in through facebook it created it it's not the same access point as the email one that i then tried to get in when you locked when the facebook was deleted because so i couldn't right. log in with facebook and they're like and they didn't get it there's no amount of ex- emails back and forth would could clarify to their so-called tech support what the problem was they still don't well, understand it which is why i'm not going to run any of their ads this time on this podcast and I'm going to rely on, on, you know, the kindness of strangers to use other rights and, and support my work on on YouTube and, and podcasts. So I'm not going to use native ads in either of those things because they, they don't treat people well. It's very, very awful. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And, and it, you know, greater implication might be too, that it's just out of their hands and they don't know how to tell you that, or they don't know how to admit it. So, oh, yeah, they just might not. Well, you know, I think, I think it's possible they might not be able to access that, but I know some computer guys and they, they're like, ah, no, there's always a way in. The tech people might not know the way in, but what shocks me mm-hmm. is they don't seem to understand what the problem is. They're like, the emails always end with tech sports. We're glad that we could resolve this for you. Cl- clearly your email's working fine and logging you into a podcast. I'm like, it's not the same podcast. <laughs> I mean, they could even just go to the account directly. I mean, they could go try to view your old podcast and notice they could completely send me a link to to re-log in uh, as an email or something else, or even as my actual, my my legit legal name on Facebook, which is the only Facebook I have left. Right. You know, which means I can't really be active on Facebook without putting my family at risk. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, I don't, uh, I don't use Facebook. I had it a while ago, years ago. And yeah. Yeah, no, I use it. I use Messenger to talk to my mom because she's not able to remember how to use email and stuff as she's at this stage in her life, shall we call it? Right. And uh, once she's once she's uh, transcended this plane, um, Facebook's getting deleted, permanently deleted. I'm just fucking turning that shit off. All the studies and everyone I've heard from show that they get thirty percent happier. I don't care about the percentage, but if you're say you're getting thirty percent happier by deleting Facebook. If someone said, hey, would you like to be 30% happier? Wouldn't you say yes? And then if all you had to do is delete this thing, that seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like simple to me too. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I have some fr- some acting friends in Vancouver who, who are like, yeah, but then I can't message you at night. I'm like, when you're drunk. Right. They're like, yeah, well, yeah, but, you know, it's fun. I'm like, not for me, it isn't. <laughs> right, or, or use a phone number. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if I, plenty of drunk texts will abound. It's fine. Uh, if I can give me a call. Long distance, international long distance calling is like $10 add-on to a phone, right? 
uh, I think so. And then what about like WhatsApp? They could always do that. Sure. Yeah. I, I had to be on that for, for the group stuff for the uh, ISIS Oasis here though. But I don't like mm-hmm. WhatsApp either. Cause Facebook's messed with me around, around cause they own that. They've messed with me. Oh, that I didn't know that. Well. Oh yeah. They own it. And they've taken it from, Oh, they've done some heinous things. I tell you, but let's not get into it. <laughs> it's sure enough of that. <laughs> it was painful enough to hear uh re-recording our, our, our 2019 talk. Um, to hear about me joking around about giving my student and really trusted friend access to my storage locker and, uh, you know, hopefully he won't run away with all my shit. And that's exactly what he did. Even oh, you're kidding. My bank. He's, so when I got hacked in England, when I was trying to leave England to come to California and then got stuck in France, he sent DMs on Instagram to a friend of mine bragging that it was him and his hackers that did it. I talked to Amazon. They allowed me to record a conversation with their tech support saying they've never seen a hack job so severe attempting to penetrate my my publishing account. They didn't get in, but they locked me out for several months. Um, But they couldn't actually take it over. Thank God for Amazon's tech. Yeah, Yeah, how lucky. Because they could have just done immense damage to me. And they already did by hacking my bank accounts. And what's crazy is they bragged about it in DMs, this guy bragged about it, and he had access to my bank docs, my social insurance number, all my my the my birth certificates, copies of every document you could ever imagine, including all my family photo albums, books, all my magical tools, pretty much except the key five ones, and and just you know my whole life, and he he removed my whole life from me, and uh, you know all the products that were being sent, they're all just sitting in his drawer, signed books by Chris Bennett, ready to go out. They're all just in his mom's apartment with him and he's just he just raped my life man he's selling my pro- high quality books with the help of other booksellers and just, it's just devastating hundreds of thousands of dollars of assets that i was relying on and, and using to support loans and stuff just gone and you know the police's advice was well too bad hmm. yeah yeah i've heard that one before um one cop actually said, why don't you just leave the country and change your name? I'm like, what's the point in changing your name if it's public record? He's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police for you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. So anyway, enough of that. I don't want to focus on that. It happened. I've moved on. Honestly, I really think it is part of my alchemy. I think, you know, the fires of Gabura are ripping me apart and sh- burning off remaining dross, preparing me for death and the after after life that will come at when I'm done here and minimizing what I have to focus on, even if it's minimizing my resources and forcing me to uh, function in different ways to get by. It's, it's, I have to see it that way, you know, at the right. same time, the scorpion I'll... leapt into the fires, you know, you, you alluded to the possible outcome yourself and so I, it was, I know. And, and I don't believe if anyone out there thinks that it's, I sort of manifested that fuck you <laughs> I didn't right. manifest that, you know, right. just because we're aware that evil can be done. Doesn't mean we're responsible for people making evil choices, but I've Correct. Gotten, gotten a lot of messages <laughs> to that effect saying, well, you asked for it because you trusted someone. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Trusting someone means asking for it. Well, then I guess my whole life is asking for it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, there's no logic behind that. I don't think, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so moving on because we don't have forever, right? It would be nice to get a if we could get another another equivalent time to what we did before, so we uh, hit that 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 pinnacle prime sweet spot for time. But uh, I'm aware that you're busy guy. So where, where are you at? And you've you've come a long way since since uh, last we spoke. I was at Atlantis Books signing my books in London, and there's a magazine with an article by you in it. 
Oh, really? I took a photo of it. <laughs> you with, happened upon that, I huh? I happened upon it. Uh, <laughs> well, you had just posted a, a reference to it while I was there, and I looked in the window. There's the magazine. I pull it out, show it to Geraldine, and I was like, that's my body. Uh, that's, so tell me. That's so bizarre. I, tell us I about no idea that. you discovered that. Yeah, and the, yeah, I, the um, photo of me I, with it in front of the bookstore to send you. I'll, I'll have to find that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was contacted by the editor of Pagan Dawn magazine. Uh, they reached out to you? They did. Mr. 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 Wonderful, eh? I what don't know. I, I'm not brother. sure where it came from, but I went with it. And, uh, Talk about manifestation. <laughs> I was okay, continue. Sorry. Yeah, no. So we um, we struck up a good conversation, and she and I are good friends now. And uh, yeah, for the last year, they wanted four articles from me for their four seasonal Whoa. issues. So I did that, but it's all a volunteer operation, you know, it's, um, but I just thought it would be a good experience and a good resume builder. So, so they, it was they don't pay even like two cents a word. No, 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 but that was well, discussed in the original agreement and I knew what I was getting into. So, yeah, no, that, that's not a big deal. It's, it's, it's print. So, you know, these days having things in print is a good, good advertising oh, yeah. in itself. You know, it wasn't a Buzzfeed article or anything like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I felt pretty good about it, but um, yeah, yeah. The topics were a bit of a challenge. I'll be honest. Um, how do you write three magazine pages on, you know, the the symbolism behind the ritual cup or those, you know, foundational tools like that, the elemental tools? Mm-hmm. And um, that was overwhelming because how do you be concise and how do you be thorough? Right. Did you find <laughs> you had to cut a lot of good information? You have no idea. Oh no. And then and then finding a direction, finding a solid direction to to fit it into a solid piece for a, you know, a print magazine. Mm-hmm. It was overwhelming and it was daunting. And uh well, give us I don't a, know, I did what I could. Can, I tried not to stress too much about it. You want to you want to give our listeners a little bit of a tease about uh some of your insights into the four elemental weapons? Oh, we could. Um it's been a while ago, so I'm trying to remember what I even wrote. Mm. Um, well, what are your currently oh, developed thoughts? Well, as far as the cup goes, um, a lot of it had to do with the actual structure of the cup itself, the architecture of the cup, if you will. Uh, dealing with the belt of Orion and all of that, I mean, the constellation in total, juxt- or, uh, superimposing that over the Tree of Life glyph, kind of how that all connects, because if you do that, it has a strange relevance in the spheres. and Yeah, I mean, all about the path of... Uh, manifestation through it through the subconscious as well as uh gabriel's uh, purpose as the messenger yeah so a lot of that i mean there was some gematria in it as well i tried not to go too deeply into that because you know you figure the average reader probably isn't too familiar with that anyway but you know what good is it to yeah now it becomes an article explaining gematria instead of what it was intended to be yeah yeah and you could yeah yeah that that makes sense you know you have 2100 words and it's like well (laughs) no time for that no time for that yeah but uh yeah so that was kind of the gist for all four articles and the editor wanted them to kind of coincide with the seasons at the time and that made sense to me and it was fun Hmm. But they've asked me for another article for their summer issue coming up this year. Uh, I'll be working on that soon enough. And that one will be just about me and my personal life Mm. uh, living hermetically, if you will. 
So tell me more about that. Uh, how's the, how's the work of self-initiation been going for you? You know, it's been a strange evolution. Um, I am also a member of the builders of the Attitude. I know. Good for you. And that has sort of taken over my life. Oh, in what way? It's eclipsed everything else. Strangely enough, I wouldn't have predicted it, but their curriculum dealing with kind of transformation through the tarot, that has had a profound effect on me. Uh, As well it should. Yeah, it's been massively transformative. You know, when you first encounter the BOTA, you don't really anticipate, you know, too much profundity coming of it. But when you really start to set to work in it, uh, it's immediate. Yeah. It's unlike anything else I've really gotten into. And while I still study my Golden Dawn material, uh, the BOTA is there at the forefront. Well, yeah, it's really not that much different. I mean, what's what's underestimated in the Golden Dawn curriculum, especially alchemically, is the huge role that pathworking the major arcana of the tarot Mm -hmm. plays. Because, you know, the techniques aren't all that complicated especially now that they're available and published and even included in a lot of out of order curriculums. Whereas reading uh, Yeats's notes recently and some other adept notes in his Celtic mystery stuff pointed out to me very clearly that the pathworking techniques were very secret inner order teachings back in those days. But now that they, yeah, they they were only for, for adepts and not necessarily beginner adepts. So the, the process of visualizing yourself moving into the card, there's a note by one of the adepti, in the scrying sessions with Yates saying, no, this is very secret RRNAC knowledge. Do not share this or republish and print this. Exactly. But now it's and, and you know, I think to a lot of people, uh, it, it appears boring even at first glance, you know, you even find it in the updated um, garden of pomegranates. Yep. Yep. It's in there in the second half right there. And I bet a lot of people approach that and think, yeah, uh, I don't really want to. Yeah, do that. they don't. That doesn't sound like flashy. It doesn't sound like lights, camera, exactly, action. But it is the core of the transformation because as it coincides right. with the initiations and, you know, a lot of people don't do it well also, in my opinion, because they don't take seriously the neophyte exercise of the tarot contemplation ritual, which Craig outlines very well. And other people have given other versions of it, but they're essentially by doing that tarot contemplation ritual of all 22 arcana many, many times in the neophyte grade or in any grade, you, the way you integrate those symbols and those cards in your mind's eye is crucial to the step of then path working. You know, and that's exactly what the BOTA's curriculum begins well, with. Well, Paul Foster Keith that's the first he thing. correctly yeah. noticed that this was one of the crucial things in the system and it was getting lost in the mire of, of Solomonic rituals and Enochian magic and stuff. And he said, enough of that stuff. I'm going to focus on what really changes people. And so no wonder you're finding Boda to be super transformational. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was the direction I think I was looking for. Um and it really has been the discovery of my life so Wonderful. far. Wonderful. That's so, so good. Or as yeah. Duncan Trussell says, wow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you've seen it online, but I've been very busy uh, painting them week by week. Yeah. Um, I'm almost on the end of that. So. Well, I've gotten a lot more insight into Boda the last year teaching here at the Isis Oasis, who supported my work uh, and um, working with Arissa Victor, Granny Rainbow, who's the protege of the protege of, of Case. And she, oh right, my so gosh, she yeah. was on a live stream with me last week and someone said, hey, can, here's a question for her. Did 
did Paul Foster Case have any actual influence in the writing of William Walker Atkinson, quote unquote, the three initiates, Kabbalion? And she's like, yep. And I, I, they were like, <laughs> okay, we heard this. Someone mentioned it on Glitch Bottle. I'm like, Arissa, how do you know that? She's like, oh, he told me. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's 82. So, you know. Um, and so I've been helping her get her final book out, uh, Tarot for Self-Realization, which is her real masterpiece on the Boda interpretations of the tarot. And when you read that in her other books uh, where she – has the conversations from her Thursday night tarot's with Jason Lauderhand, Case's protege mm-hmm. and and uh, celebrity student, as well as her other books, High Magic and High School Astrology. High School Astrology is actually one of the best intros to astrology I've ever read, and this is coming from a, a kid with an astrologer mom and every book you could ever imagine in the house. I've never seen anything like right. Arissa's High School Astrology. She even has another book that's like a coloring book for kids of a tarot. And another book that's uh, these are unpublished, and another one on on like a after school or Sunday school magical curriculum for you know daycare kids in in a Boda tradition. Right. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm blown away by this. I I think that's something I really admire about you is that you are you have been making all of these connections with these really profound people. I <laughs> I'm so locked away with myself that. <laughs> I don't really branch out. I, you know, I don't really. Yeah. Connect. Well, you know, after uh, Varun Frater BT sort of tagged me in the relay race as he stepped off into India and said, I think what, what you have to offer is needed in the world. And then Frater Yeshi, of course, showed up at the pub. I was playing out with some of the other heads of his order to tell me about the recent schism involving my protege who caused the U S Canada schism with the GD international. Uh, they both, everyone was like, look, it'd be great if you came out and did something. And of course, some of them expected me to rejoin their second orders and stuff. And my true will simply was like, no, you got to stay unaffiliated for now <laughs> so that your opinions and your you know, everything from my, my encouragement and my indictments wouldn't be seen as sectarian and coming from a, a, an agenda of a particular order or second order or affiliation, but rather my own oh, integrity yeah. as what I independently think might be helpful for different people and their different paths. And I think as realized are, or as realized as you are now, I just don't see you jiving with that anymore. With, you know, a, I, with a set order? I'm glad. Correct. Maybe, uh, you know, once this egregore is done, uh, January 31st, 2021, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll open back up, have some more knowledge and gain, have some more conversations and lead that lead to knowledge with, you know, who, and see what, see what is said. You know, I'm, I, I, I do that, right. of course, hitting the road and then interacting with a lot of people I admire and respect over the years outside of even the academic world I, I got exposed to through Nicholas, um, has just been a, a byproduct of my my work and my trajectory. It's not something I really I don't run around looking for these amazing people, but they just sort of show up if you're doing the same sort of work they are. And you know, I I can I have the lucky opportunities to drop questions to almost anyone and get a very positive sort of encouraging response and advice and information that I might need. So that's really nice, especially since my goal is just yes. to pass it on to people who on whose path it might really have an impact right and i think it is having one i hope so, so you know i absolutely. mean there's been a price there's been an obviously <laughs> severe price to it all but like like uncle al says the second you declare your true will you make an enemy of every demon in hell 
that's that's it. Yeah. He's a, yeah. You know, I don't have to qualify Crowley's point of view. Of course, we all know his point of view is a little severe and dramatic. <laughs> but, but just a little. You know, there is something. You know. There's something to doing. There's something to it. What, what about you? What sort of resistance have you encountered as you've gone further on the path and had your uh, exposure increase in the world? You know, it's interesting. I um, I did join the AMORC last What's year. That? Um, the AMORC, the Rosicrucian oh, Order. Yeah, yeah, why just not? because they were local, and I thought, why not? Why not? You know, oh. and uh, I found very quickly it it's was not pre- for it's me. Pretty watered uh, down, right? Me and Fred are. <laughs> It sure is. And that's exactly the way I would put it. Um, you know, you're led into the Masonic temple because they're borrowing the Masonic law. Just like the Mormons. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you, you see all these people kind of doing, you know, the, the run of the mill salutes and everything. They're explaining the temple. And unfortunately I've already read past that. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, I get it. That's cool. That's cool. And, yeah. It, I don't know. It, it's just everything I, I knew it would be. Or, the material they kind of dish out monthly. Fred I don't C know. and I talked about that because he's a past master of the lodge in Santa Rosa here. And uh, yeah, he, he commented. He's also a 33rd degree mason or 32nd or whatever it is, um, as well as a huh. zero zero in, in the neophyte system with David Hogan, Zalewski's group under Martin. And so he's got some good perspective. It was really fun to get a perspective of someone who's gone through all the way through masonry, all the way through Amwork, and is now experienced GD. Oh, and he's also gone through all the way through Martinism. So that's a cool interview to talk, listen to if you have a chance. Of course, what we should have recorded was a call we had the other night where we talked for five and a half hours strictly about magical things with not much departure and with a lot of seriousness that probably would have been an even better podcast. <laughs> probably. Yeah, he's he's local here, so I hope to see him a bit more before he heads off. Plus, he's a professional uh, metal musician and drummer and guitarist, so it's like jamming with him is hardcore. Awesome, I'm sure. You know? Yeah, <laughs> he pulls out the dobro and we do a bunch of country or folk stuff or whatever. Just like hit the groove. We talked a lot about music and the magic of music, but yeah, yeah. Ugh. As far as that, so, no, you're good. You're good. I was I was trying to reflect back on some moments of resistance. Um, Recently, I've actually, where I keep to myself again, I don't really meet many people to resist or, or resist me. You know, I'm not really in the way of anyone else or perceived <laughs> that way. Um, I've had some strange communications online where people have reached out and, you know, I want to know about this. I want to know about this. And I just have to send them elsewhere anymore. Like, I, I'm not interested in that right now. I'm not studying that right now. Right. Um, you know, I don't want to waste my energy talking about that or trying to talk you out of playing with goetic magic when I don't know why you have an interest in it right now. Like, <laughs> you know. It's fancy. People get excited about it. And, but, like, they just don't realize bringing a demons, evoking demons to physical appearance, like Lon reminds us, is designed to cause a nervous exactly. breakdown. <laughs> you better be ready for that. And they're not. You know, and they're not, not, and you can tell from the questions that are being asked, and and that's fine. You know, chances are good that if I don't answer your questions, you'll get exhausted trying to make it work and you'll give up, you know, and maybe come back when you're ready. Plus, fortunately, most people who try to summon spirits to 
visible appearance don't actually know the crucial piece of information that allows that to work right <laughs> like the actual technique and tools they imagine like they'll see it in the smoke or outside their circle and it's like i think you need to pay attention to poke runyon for a minute there brother <laughs> and sisters. oh i, I yeah. love poke's old um, video on it i you know i think it came out in the 90s yeah i don't think i saw the video though but uh, you know he explained it to us in 97 at, yeah, at the temple vices in la mm -hmm. He's got a video of it yeah, up he's... on YouTube. You can check it out. I mean, it's got that old grain to it and everything. It's wonderful. Oh, see, I was trying to not encourage people to run uh, off physically evoking demons right. in their faces, but so, <laughs> but so be it. If you guys want to mess up your psyches, go ahead. It's an interesting video, regardless. But uh... yeah. yeah, I don't know. My my the advice I that I always treasure is what was said to me by the most greatly honored Frater TDL, who's my main mentor. And he, uh, he just said to me, you know, first time standing inside the vault, he said, remember, always look up before you look down. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been looking up ever since, I guess. Well, I did do my, my tunnel work, I guess you could say. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll, I probably won't talk about that for another 10 years. Sure. It's, it's still <laughs> I'm still too freshly coming out of it and people don't understand, you know, it's not something to encourage really either. Cause you, it's something that alchemically is necessary when you get to a certain stage, the stage that St. John of the cross would refer to in dark night of the soul as the dark night of the senses. First, you go through the dark night of the spirit in the lesser circulation and the lesser mysteries than the dark night of the senses or spirit in the greater circulation of the greater mysteries. And that's my own equation of his two systems. But you can see in Christian mysticism that there are these two experiences that line up with the Western esoteric tradition of alchemical understanding. That's very interesting. Mm. And to see, to read a 50, a 16th century Spanish mystics, spiritual techniques and methodologies for dealing with those crises that come in those dark nights is nothing short of life-saving. I think Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I think the quote to take from you is, I don't find that many people resist me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that holds a few different like uh, implications there. So, <laughs> I know, you got to be careful. Right, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know Chris? You know Chris? Yeah, I hear not many people resist him. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so I'm glad that, that your self-initiation... You were doing Chick's book, of course. Correct, um, yeah. Has sort of took you to really getting deep into the Boda system. That's very cool. It did, yeah. Um, again, kind of a strange curveball, but uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for it. Well, not to be critical of, of self-initiation by, by Chick, especially since I was just having some lovely conversations with him and Tabby last month at the pantheon hotel and with lawn too all four, all four of us just standing around <laughs> talking about well griffin and others but oh, also God. just magic yeah. in the systems and stuff like that it was just amazing i was like holy crap i'm just standing here talking with the head of the oto and for lack of a better word the head of the gds you know definitely the figure person that's most respected Correct. and that's just that's just trippy that's just it trippy, is right it's so yeah. cool to see everyone getting along i think we could all model a bit of that getting alongness uh that they are modeling for us right right i thought i was going to be like all eloquent talking to you this time and like you know but i i i 
I don't know. I find myself stumbling again. It's just, it's just when compared to hearing your voice in your, your uh, phraseology, man, it's, it's just, it's just. <laughs> you have nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah, no, you just have a very, you have a, just a very, very good way of speaking. I, like oh, I appreciate very, that. Very great. I hope, I hope you do uh, some courses one day and create some, some programs or courses one day. And when you've, when you've gotten to where you're, when you're ready for that. Well, honestly, um, I have been considering doing something and uh, it's kind of just yeah. in my mind right now. And, I thought about writing narratives to every tarot card and just recording oh. them as sort of, you know, a, a casual sort of meditation where you can, you know, view them and let your subconscious absorb the imagery, of course, but also build yeah. stories up in them. Uh, I love that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, pathworking is essentially self-guided meditation stories that, tend to surprise us in the way they go correct right? yeah um so it's a natural process I, I could really see you even following sort of the style of the chemical wedding or, or these those mm. the the early rosicrucian documents like not necessarily in verbiage but in in sort of form and ethos right right yeah they have that mytho narrative structure designed to guide spiritual in intuition and revelation right i mean it always reminded me of the um lakota sioux language and how every letter as you learn it has its own kind of mythology it has a folk tale yeah and that's how you learn yeah, it it's a, a lot of lang uh, primitive well for quote unquote primitive language right too. right uh, i mean even that's what we see in the hebrew and hebrew alphabet yes. the phoenician Greek, hebrew alphabet the egyptian the egyptian most most profoundly of mm -hmm. course i think uh, it's only as languages changed developed and derived out of each other that that sort of faded away into a more technical evolution like we have with english out of the germanic yes yeah but yeah yeah so maybe one day <laughs> if i ever yeah. if i ever um drop some of the other projects i'm always doing but yeah well yes you're just sort of seriously focused on the the, the work the daily work of being of doing boda correct correct yeah. you know then i still stick to some other things i'd always done um the um and do you have a local group for that there is and you know i'll tell you i met with them twice and oh, so you have mostly been doing this correspondence mostly correspondence yeah i met with them twice um, and I, d I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but I'm, I mean, no disrespect towards the group I met with. They were far older than me and they were not as open or flexible with some of the information I had to offer. That's actually something I've been heard said about Boda since the mid nineties. Yeah. We were, I think, contemplating the death card at the first meeting and they were all going around the room sharing thoughts and. I referenced, but your thoughts weren't good. You did <laughs> well. They were they were from Crowley, they weren't even mine. <laughs> and I thought it was a you know it, it's it's the statement about the scorpion you know purportedly flinging itself into the flames and it, it kind of drew a blank on all their minds. I could see it, and then they just moved on to the other person. I thought, well, maybe I'm not so welcome here. That's fine. Jeez, man, the old guard, hey, mm. they gotta die out. <laughs> Maybe, you know, it's well, funny. There was another that. guy there that was about my age and I saw him perk up when I said that I could tell he was intrigued, but mm. we never really took it beyond that. So 
maybe you're the future leader. Of no, Yoda. don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll just project it into your sphere and into the sphere of nature. Um, they'd they'd be lucky to have you probably <laughs> lead them. But yeah, no, I, I say I have tremendous respect for our elders, and it's something that is dying off, unfortunately. Yes, even though you know it's popular to say, "Okay, boomer." Um, you know, the wealth of information and wisdom we get from people like Arissa, Granny Rainbow, and Chick, and Lon, and, and Poke, and the list goes on and on, then into the academic scholars of esoteric. And yeah, we can't, we shouldn't write that off, even if some of their views. I was saying this actually in the commentary on the lecture I did today, because I held off on yours, so I can add this to the Our Old Part One and make it a full, full length yeah, thing yeah. for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned that, like, you know, anyone from the past, these pioneers, let's call them, all of them are going to be seen to have gaps or fallacies and will be seen that same way, too. So we shouldn't be too worried about getting everything right. We should just interpret things as best we can in our time. And Correct. Place. Yeah. And that's what that's what we call in academics, the hermeneutic project. Right. Vision evolves, sound evolves, it all evolves, you know. So. Yeah, don't try and don't try and extrapolate your views so that they become some eternal principles like Walker Atkinson did with the Kabbalion, because you know he didn't have a very full understanding of science even at his time, and science changed, and so his principles are not scientific principles. Correct. I mean, it's like the great like, breath, right? It has to rest. It has to contract. It has to deflect. It has to do all those things. It's the same with anything else. Yeah, I think interpretations are much more useful when you interpret for your time and place as best you can. <laughs> Certainly more relevant, to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't water them down to try and create universal principles or uncover universal rules, which you're not going to be the arbiter of, of what's universal. Like, that's something you can only, you, you can maybe see farther by standing on the shoulders of giants, but you are not God. You are not like, you know, David Icke, Jesus returned. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, strange strange times for uh, uh, control of information and, and censorship as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, I'm not feeling it too much. I never really leave the house as it is, but um, I don't really get invested in the media, but in any sense. Right. Really. What do you think about the Pentagon releasing those those ufo sightings like that's sort of strange isn't you know it? it's it's kind of a full circle story for me because a few years ago when those were released um i was at this strange Leak. or uh what was it like a squatter house in ashland kentucky and there was this raving drug addict there and i think he was doing some serious heroin or something that night he <laughs> He watched that video and just started screaming at us throughout the house. I don't even know why he was there, but huh. he was terrified. We kind of wrote it off, and now here we are. So, joke's on us, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's interesting. I think it's very interesting. I'm going to keep you know paying attention but not rush to any judgments. Because, again, how can we know? We don't, we don't know. know. You don't know things until you know them. I'm sorry. Yeah. Whoa. Hmm? Uh, spotty for me tonight. Apologize for that. Spotty uh, with the connection? Yeah, I think it's my own doing over here, but uh, it seems to be fine now. Okay, but good. But I was... Good, yeah, hopefully this recording bounces out into the app. Yeah, it should be fine.
But I was going to mention, speaking of, you know, ETs and all of that, when I used to belong to a psychic church here in Columbus, I won't elaborate on how I got roped into all of that. Um, needless to say, I got out of it very quickly. But uh, mm. in short, it was kind of like a renegade, uh, very ego-driven spiritualist church that had been going since the turn of the century. But uh, they were very big and extraterrestrials. And we constantly had email updates about the existence of such things and their dealings with the Russians. And yeah, it was, it was kind of fascinating oh, in yeah. a way. But considering the source, who knows? But, yeah, it's kind of yeah. fascinating. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to hold off till we know now. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm more concerned about the. Uh, the technocratic rise of censorship and authority. Yeah, yeah, that definitely seems like more local threat. But... Yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's it's odd. It's odd. Yeah. Well, that's what we were kind of discussing. Some friends and I, uh, and everyone was saying, "Oh, with this, you know, the pandemic, it's it's a hoax." So it's like, even if it were, the media has learned that it can instantly at the drop of a pin, you know, control the lives of everyone. So whatever the case, it's not good. It's not, we are, I think, yeah, I think we're entering into a very dangerous era. Now uh, with the microchip plants and all of that coming, you know, is that actually coming for us in North America or the Western world? Well, they're saying this, that Bill Gates now has that patent out there for the microchip economy, where basically we sell intelligence from our physiology. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, there's dark sides (laughs) to this stuff. There's also some other inevitable things that maybe are more exciting to think about, like, you know, virtual and augmented reality. Mm, Yes. That will do some some interesting things. I hesitate to call them good, but you know there will, there will be good and bad. And I was talking just a couple of years ago with my friend, uh, a new friend, um, uh, and I uh, probably shouldn't say his name because he's sort of sick, you know he's out there. He had he wanted he was in one of those uh, developmental think tanks in Silicon Valley where they they put every, all these different people in different dorm rooms and they give them a project and whoever gets the best project gets funding to build that company uh, hmm. and from Mark Cuban. And so he won and his business is funded. It's for, it's a create provides all in one software for nonprofits and charities, you know, so they don't have to have like an act database and a website set all that stuff separate. They just pay one forty dollar a month fee and they have everything they need to run a nonprofit or a charity or whatever it is. Wow. All supplied by his one service and it was scalable and it was effective. So he got he got a salary. It's running along just fine. And him and his girlfriend got to flee America when Trump got elected. That was their choice <laughs> to flee Washington. And she does her own anarchist uh, magazine. So she or online magazines supporting a lot of controversial controversial information so she has problems at different borders and was scared to stay in the states actually yeah but um he was telling me about these you know he gets invited as a result of his funding by cuban who who he has on his cell phone and was texting he was like fucking weird man i was like plus we were doing mushrooms and he he explained simulation theory to me for the first time really well so to the extent (laughs) that i started to lose it a little bit and i was like "Uh uh-uh and his girlfriend who was staying who was watching us all at the on the at devil's lake um on the riverbed was like yeah we need maybe this is not the good time to 
to, to show him how realistic and mathematically <laughs> that and probable that is. And, uh, but I was saying, you know, we got these Oculus things, right? How, how far are we till we're going to have like, you know, glasses and just permanently augmented reality. And he's like, Oh, one of the guys who I've been working with, he said, and who's been developing this for a long time and already has fully funded from all these, you know, angels is the contacts. Like the contacts are already in development. The Oculus Rift was just hold is a gap was just a gap placeholder, wow. like a way to make, they, they knew they were just going to make a bunch of money in the years leading up to the glasses and the contacts. So before we know it, there's going to be contacts. And he was explaining, like, you're going to be able to see reality how you want to see reality. If it's a elves in fantasy land and Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> or like, you know, you could walk, you, your whole world could become black and white tiled floors or your room. You could, you know, switch it to that. You could have spirits and assistants in virtual form there all the time and give them tasks to do that. They could then digitally manage and go do that work for you. And that is coming really soon. Hmm. How crazy is that? It is like, crazy, but we just we just hit a hit a button, quote unquote, button on our contacts, and then all of a sudden we see all of our other friends and students together in a temple or doing virtual magic with them seeming to be physically there in a fully decked out temple of any style or format we want. Like that's coming, right? Right, and even if it's only a hollow expression, if we can well, dare to venture know, there, it's still still fascinating. But is it going to be hollow, right? Because we'll right. see. And we already sense these things astrally anyway. I mean, chaos magicians are going to have a field day, but most of us, I think, are going to make use of it to a massive effect. Yeah. I just yeah. think that's like, you know, virtual schools showing up virtually through augmentation, augmented reality. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, a lot of people are just going to wander around in porn worlds, but that's, that's you know, right. Right. That's always inevitable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Roderick also explained to me that the uh, the the real real reality behind the internet being funded by by porn and sex, and it wasn't quite clear to me the the scale and and finance actually that is involved that make that funded the development of the internet as fast as it did. Mm. Right? It's it's a reality. Yeah. It's just a truth. That's that's what what a lot of it does and is for. It's crazy. It certainly sells yeah yeah but the magic yeah, thing is interesting i think it'd be great like can you imagine if you and me could see each other right now and like we're in robes and nemesis or whatever just or just going for a walk around stonehenge i do think that'd be fascinating be massively convenient too oh yeah uh, i wonder though you know you you always have to wonder about the the consequences of that kind of liberty um i don't know back full circle doesn't it sure does what happens to value, you know, derived value from anything. And I don't know. It, to me, it always indicates that the most important thing that we develop as human beings is our increased sense of responsibility mm. in every regard. Like we have to learn to be responsible with these freedoms and tools and limitations and abilities that we are developing technologically and societally. We to have take to oneself learn. in hand, yeah. Yeah, we have to be start being more responsible for our own education and and uh, interpretation of things. Like, right. Uh, like I always like to say, Mark Heller, Eric Heller said, uh, "Be careful how you interpret the world. It really is like that." And we're seeing yeah. that revolution come full force in on the horizon. Right by names and images. By yeah. names and images are all powers awakened and reawakened. <laughs> Exactly. Amen. You know, I had a, a young man I worked with 
years and years ago. He was probably only 18 at the time. And we're from Appalachia. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that region of the world. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I used to do Appalachian <laughs> fiddle lessons and even hired an Appalachian band on yeah. my Midsummer Gulf Islands tour to open for us or no for us to open for them instead of us headline just so I could be playing Appalachian music while on tour with a Celtic band. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's I my world. It. That's yeah. where I come from. Wow. And uh, so I was working with this young man who was kind of the typical sort from that area. And uh, we were talking about something and it got to a point, sure it was over his head. And he said, man, I'm from Kentucky. I don't, I don't know nothing about that, you know? And uh so I was like, yeah, but you're an 18-year-old with the internet at your fingertips. You've got it right in your hand right now. There's no excuse. No excuse. <laughs> but, you know, as far as interpreting the world around you and being responsible with that. And then there are people who just seemingly give up on it. They don't even try. And they're yeah. around by the collar by others. So, because he would have believed anything I told him, I think. But, wow. Lots of people well, like that. As as you said, very few can resist you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not going away anytime soon. Oh, oh I guess not. Oh, no, that'll be my new headline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, your, new, your new Tinder profile quote. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, I know. You're not on Tinder. No, it'll instead be none can tolerate him. None, none. That's nudge, fine too. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I won't get, we won't get into that. <laughs> no, it's, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I really, I've got, I met some, uh, new people here last summer at the Oasis who, uh, are up in that neck of the woods, the Appalachias and stuff. And one of them owns mm. a cult bookstore who wants my books. And the other one's a really cool person who does a lot of stuff at Burning Man. And I, I so I'm, I'm starting to have, starting to build out my, uh, connections in the East Coast and the Midwest and the Appalachias. And eventually I'll make my way over there. Oh, you have to, yeah. Who knows where I'll end up once I can escape from from Sonoma. You'll have to uh, see West Virginia at some time if you haven't. Mountain Mama, it's take pretty. me home. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to develop my Appalachian uh, banjo picking and fiddling style a bit more. <laughs> Definitely the singing style. I sang mm. a, a glimpse of an Appalachian version and pre predecessor to an Irish song last time I, I was listening back. So people hearing now will be like, yeah, I just listened to that. And uh, it's just it's just such a remarkable aspect of language change as well from those Celtic peoples that went over there and then were isolated and actually hold more of the authentic tradition than developed. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, uh, superstition and things like that also, they abound in those regions and even to this day, I mean, you're surrounded by those communities. You know, growing up, it was nothing for anyone to be doing ritual, even if they weren't calling it that. Or wow, it was nothing. Hey, they just—it was de rigueur. Oh my gosh, it was everywhere, everywhere. Um, I remember <laughs> my one of my good friends, his girlfriend. He was trying to escape. It was a very strange, manipulative. Uh, situation she'd actually conned him into the relationship in the beginning by using the old minstrel blood trick in the coffee oh say more yeah so she they belong to kind of a i don't want to say hippie but hippie traveling commune that uh frequents our area as one does yeah and so like you know you 
you become kind of let in and then the elders kind of move into your house to kind of help you live better, but then they never leave and they just take over your house, all of your resources, that kind of affair. Right. Whoa. But this woman, yeah, she decided my good friend was for her. So she offered him coffee and slid minstrel bread or minstrel blood in it. Into now, it and, uh, is this blood she stole from a mis- musician or a minstrel? Uh, no, it's from herself. Oh, and it's called minstrel blood because that's the minstrel spell. Oh, menstrual. Yes. Oh Lord. There's some, yeah, some quite literally. Yeah, that. clapping their hands right now. <laughs> right. So she she had ensnared him for about four years, and I remember when we um. That's got to be illegal, right? Giving someone yeah. your blood. Like, what if you have a disease? I mean, if you can approve it, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, what if you get it? Can you get a disease from? Yeah, I think there's a disease out there that comes through the blood, isn't there? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you happen to get it, so. (laughs) Jesus Christ. But when we liberated him, I drove him away. And then it wasn't, I think, two days later, I woke up and there was a big severed deer leg just on the hood of my car. Like a, I know it was you kind of thing. Wow. You know? Wow. But that's commonplace there. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, my God. That's a... Uh, you're melting my head. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Wow. I hope I hope this you don't cause a new revival of slipping menstrual blood into men's beverages. Or well, women's beverages. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> people, people, we do not endorse that practice here. Yeah, be sensible, be kind, be responsible. Don't risk killing someone else. Right, right. Yeah. I think that's black magic to do something like that against someone Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) And I usually don't really differentiate, you know, define, I don't really, you know, most of us don't really differentiate between black and white magic, but we do differentiate between doing harm and violating someone else's will. Oh, yeah. That's something that your higher self could very easily punish you for by withdrawing for the rest of your lifetime, I believe. Right, right. I remember stories of that same woman. She would um, kind of imbue their sheets with um, sigils, things like that. She would quilt things, but she was very good at knitting and crocheting, and she would do like certain knot patterns. I mean, whatever she was doing, she was good at it. Oh, God. Yeah. Diabolically good. Yeah, keep him tethered. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I even found one of my first tarot decks underneath my one of my best friend's homes. Her mother had apparently owned it years before and buried it beneath the kitchen cabinetry. Wow. And uh, had her ex-husband's picture in it from a newspaper clipping with his face X'd out and his children X'd out. Some weird note written along with it, so. Wow. Yeah. But I still have that deck. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Kind of an interesting relic. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Give me a lot to think about. Right. <laughs> Come on down to Appalachia, my friend. Dear Lord. Well, I've been to Columbus, Ohio. I went there for Origins Convention when I worked for uh, Golden Laurel Entertainment. Okay. Yeah, I had to set up the booth, host the booth, do all the distributor relations and all that stuff. That was my job for years. Uh, and uh, so, I, you know, I got to – I didn't go much I, – I went around, all around Columbus a bit. It was, it was interesting. Like many American cities, I was always surprised to see how empty the downtown core is, like not people walking around too much. 
not much foot traffic, just sort of these big ass buildings mm. and empty streets. So the in Canada, Canadian cities, you see a lot more congestion in in the city centers because, well, I, I don't know, maybe it's because it's cold and people uh, are less be. spread out. In Columbus, you'll find right. all the people in um, the short North Arts District. That's where it happens now, and it, it gets pretty congested down that way, but. We went to a cool uh, underground jazz bar with these beautiful ornate seats and red curtains, sort of like Black Lodge oh, yeah. style from Twin Peaks and this jazz band. And we were with a manufacturer in the States because we were moving our manufacturing from China because they burned us bad and it cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we were moving to an American company. So higher costs, better quality, faster transportation. And, you know, so we got to go out and drink all these $25 cocktails with the manufacturer who picked up the bill and have, enjoy some nice jazz. So I was like, Columbus is pretty cool to have a place like that. Vancouver's gotten rid of a lot of the places like that by raising property values so high that uh, no musicians can afford to live there anymore. Yeah. So that sucks. Yeah. So it's good to, it's good to see that Columbus has that sort of musical. Well, for now going on for now, is that still active? Cause I, this was 2007. The, the problem now is that Columbus is one of the fastest growing cities in the nation yeah a lot of oh, things are headquartered it. here now like abercrombie and fitch and you know l brands and all of that so but they're still manufacturing uh, <laughs> in china aren't they? we'll have to ask them i guess but uh yeah but so now prices are going up maybe not in, maybe not after the pandemic. well this, we'll hey? see <laughs> we'll see anymore. i mean yeah who, who's gonna want anything yeah. in china soon Whatever the truth is about that, Jeez. too, you know. You hear about all these people like suing the the Chinese government, and like the world might get behind a lawsuit against them. It's like, no, oh, I, I actually had not heard about that. Oh, one of the states launched a huge lawsuit uh, is suing China, and you know, there's the commentators are going wild about how that would actually go down. But now, I now there's talk from like I think United Nations or other major organizations saying, yeah, we need to uh, get reparations from China, and who knows? I mean, that's sort of based on the assumption that well, they were right. responsible, or not the assumption, the fact that they were it's based on a lot of questions that we don't have the answers to. That brings us back to our leaders acting like kindergartners right. instead so of adults. lazy performers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's you know, um, I mean, one of the reasons Canada's handling things better, of course, is because of our uh, because of our the way our healthcare system is nationalized. Um, there's no debate between hospitals when orders are given to do this or to do that. Plus, we've actually Canada has had a quarantine uh, uh, a quarantine a bill or a law in existence this whole time. And so a lawyer was referring to it in Montreal. He's like, wait, what? We have what? And then he went through. He's like, yeah, apparently we've had this forever. And it allows the government to turn anyone's domicile, private home, or any building whatsoever into a quarantine zone or a medical site with, with or without compensation. I mean, that's, that's Canadian democratic wow. socialism yeah. for you, right? But you could also see it as capitalism that just cares about certain things. That's how I like to think of it because a lot of these European countries like Denmark and Canada, we're capitalist countries. It's laissez-faire capitalism that allowed us to be successful and thrive, not socialism. But look at us as capitalist countries that simply say, by the way, we care about education and healthcare. That's just a priority. So we're going to put 40% of our gross dom dom domestic national product or whatever it's called, GDI, right, GDPI, right. whatever it's called, into education and healthcare. Now, we don't do it for education in Canada at all and definitely not anymore. They fucked us on that. But 
you know, we're, that's just our priority. America could say, hey, we're laissez-faire capitalism for sure. Be great to get yeah. cronyism, right? <laughs> and then say, and in this, in our view of the world, though, we're going to value education and healthcare. Like you can just make that, it doesn't make it socialist to say these are mm, our values. Right. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's an, it's how you think about right. it actually. Right. Yeah. I mean, the way this brings us to how, how we name things, how we interpret things and, and how we agree upon different labels, right? If we change the labels or names for things, we can really affect how they're uh, facilitated in right. manifestation. And I'm thinking very much. Right. And then, here, and then we course. also have to consider, you know, we live in nations of, well, majority of uninitiated people that's gone from the culture mostly. So people barely have a grasp on themselves and now they're expected to have a grasp on the world around them. And, uh, it's a strange situation. Yeah. A strange situation. Mm-hmm. What do you think about all those people who are bored and losing <laughs> their minds? Bored and losing their days. minds. You know, I've thought about this a while because a lot of people talk to me about this. and They do. do I, they? I've had a lot of folks reaching out and kind of asking what I've been up to during it because, you know, I'm still putting things out. I'm still making things. I'm still doing this and you know, I haven't slowed down, uh, and uh, I find no reason to slow down. You've probably uh, oh yeah, I have more time now like than ever to really else. focus on what I want to do. And um, well, my Patreon's just suspended; not is not allowing me to get paid anymore. They they're allowing me to keep creating content for my maxed out 10, 10 students, which is really the most I can pay due attention to, and they're allowing me to keep functioning and t- producing content. They'll keep charging them, but I won't get paid hmm. anymore. So I think Patreon's decided, oh, we, we, you know, we still want you to do the work. We still want your people to pay, but we really need the money. So maybe we'll just keep that, that money from you and you can just keep doing yeah, it. Is that it's not like, a violation me? of the agreement? Uh, it has to be. I, I, I guess they have loopholes. But like, you know, what, are you, what would you do if, I mean, if your boss says, hey, we really appreciate all the work you do, but we, uh, we need more money. So we're just going to keep your <laughs> But salary. you're still going to work here too. <laughs> Yeah, we, you're you're crucial. We need you to work here so we can keep your money. If you don't work here, we can't keep your money. Little little unlawful, right? I like think. That's, uh, that's... That doesn't really. Yeah, no. Right. So I may have to create a membership site, but that's a fuck ton of work. I know how to do it. It's just a ton right. of work, um, and it 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 opens the door to some other problems as well mm. that can happen. Um, it's it's a complex issue that unfortunately I don't know. Part of me thinks I should just be able to find a lawyer who'd be like, hey, what's going on? And then, like, why would maybe they'd see a quick little uh, settlement possibility? Like, hey, here's a letter to Patreon. You guys should settle this ASAP because right. you Right, and wonder how much up. money that will run you, though. You know, uh, well, no, if, 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 you know, if, if a good lawyer who knows their shit can look at a situation outline that situation to the co- to the cl- mm. the person, to the company, and be like, you fucked up. This is what we could do. Here's right. the settlement we're right. willing to accept, you know. I think that's possible. That would be a good thing to do because, like, I've spent years building it up just to find the right sort of group of people. I've had to block some people who were screenshotting my work and uploading it and sending around, of course, or, or get, passing off my personal information to, yeah. you know, Griffin and other competitors 
And uh, so that's that's been challenging, but it's years of my time essentially put into it, and then they've just they cut me off when I went to withdraw my monthly money, uh, which I yeah. need for fucking yeah. food and medicine, you know. And they're like, "Sorry, we know it's a bad time." However, <laughs> yeah, it's it very criminal. It's is, definitely yeah. criminal. In, 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 yeah, no. So there's a reason a lot of people walked out on Patreon. Yeah, I, I gave up on stuff. mine about a year and a half ago. I think now I I can't really remember how long ago that was, but. That was partly just because you were sort of done with it, doing the work you were doing, right? Well, it the, was, the but it also, I mean, even whatever little profit I might have generated, it was exhausted by the shipping costs because, as luck would have it, every patron was international. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, as, so, so, as uh, you could say about yourself, I'm big in Europe or I'm big internationally. <laughs> I don't know. But you know, it's uh, it's kind of funny. You know, I might have generated a hundred dollars a month, and about ninety dollars of that went to shipping costs. So, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Well, thank you for your <laughs> exactly service. Right. Jeez. You should have included shipping you know, in the. I was uh, rather naive winter. about that, and you are correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I fucked up big time in that way, and then, you know, it was when I tried to fix that for my clients and customers that, that the, uh, the cloning of my accounts and hacking, like there's still the clone of my Insta of my Instagram for RC. That clone is still up there, and they can still contact people. And if people don't go to check the you account, you know that they confused me, me for a long time. Well, I complained and they shadow banned my esoteric ebooks account, which is why for the last two and a half years, it's been locked at 6,000 and can't go higher. Yeah. I can't reach seven. It's locked. It's locked. I was getting hundreds of followers a day and it's just completely shadow banned. It's not showed very often. It, it removes, it has an algorithm that cross sections people who don't check in on it. And so they're the least checker in checkers in on it as cross sectioned with the people who, uh, don't naturally see it in their news feeds due to them restraining it in the news feeds. And then they delete those people without even knowing it from it to keep my followers down. And that's how that works. It mm. took a while for someone to explain that to me, how shadow banning works. The Frater C one still can slowly climb up, but again, they're not, they're not recommending my feed right. very much and stuff like that. So, yeah. And that's all, that's not because I've done anything wrong. It's just due to mob flagging. You know, you can go on to Fiverr.com. I shouldn't say this, but this is how it's done. You can go on Fiverr.com, pay someone in India at a farm, at a you know computer farm to like generate all these mob flags mm. and destroy someone's account. And they just give priority to the majority. Like if the majority of people right. say this, then then that's what they go with. The, it's sinister, and it's you know deplatforming yeah. is a serious serious thing. Especially in a day and age when this is, you're taking, you're right. essentially erasing someone from right. life. Yeah, it's all too easy anymore. But so I'm really grateful. Shout out to all my uh, fans, followers, and students who have been, uh, you know, giving extra support to uh, and encouragement to like really go more independent, mm -hmm. do a membership sites, stuff like that, and uh, just sort of uh, do what I can to. Uh, yeah keep yeah, doing persist. it you know i'll reevaluate in at, i'll reevaluate ne early next year and i'll be also of course very busy with the full development of the order of celtic mysteries and doing the first initiation later Excellent. on next year halfway through next year for everyone who wants to go through the yates system we'll do one initiation a year we'll do 
initiation twice on the weekend, once straight and once using uh, the very legal in Canada substances like peyote, which Yates was a fan of, along with hashish. Um, so you could go through the initiation straight once, and then if you then you could also go through it, uh, you know, with uh, peyote and yeah. uh, or hashish or a substance. And uh, I think that compare, you know, having both those options or and done, you know doing both of them might be a very appealing thing to some people. As we know, um, you know, uh, plant medicines have been redacted from history. Everything from the acacia leaves and the DMT and the Holy of Holies done by the ancient Hebrew priests and all the way up through the use of psilocybin by John D and Edward Kelly, which was really a fundamental back right. bedrock in their Anakian magic. Right. Crazy, right? I mean, we've just redacted drugs from history and and uh you know saying just say no while while encouraging people to <laughs> pop pills and ritalin and all these other meth pills and all this shit that you know oh so i don't do i don't believe in drugs while you're popping right. all these pills from three right. different doctors it is it's insane it is. isn't it and whereas like last night after a long another long productive day you know what i did i smoked a bit of a joint or i smoked a joint um and uh watched uh watched uh rewatched um <laughs> iron man three and then most of most of winter soldier and i was so so relaxed i was just zoomed out of my mind on this, yeah on the on the cannabis and it was just like so relaxing and i was laughing and happy and it's just like way better than like when doctors gave me morphine for an injury or shit like that that stuff right. just fucked me up for years or like you know just taking one course oh my of morphine gosh, had yeah, me i mean it's a prescribed for paralysis months. in so many ways i was it really a, is Dear God, right? Like, seriously, if there's yeah. a plant that can do that, like, <laughs> shit. Well, my friend, I do, uh, unfortunately, have to get going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you leave us on with a little last bit of magical wisdom or insight or advice for those who are self-initiates or members of a system or just ardently trying to follow their spiritual path, especially in these very tough I think times of COVID. As far land. as self-initiation goes, the key thing is patience. I think a lot of people want to rush the process because it's right there in front of you. I it's all did. there in this book that's so friendly and accessible. I, I, you really have to take your time with each of the grades. Um, you know, I, I spent nine months in preparation for the first one and Though, even though I could have proceeded on to the next one right away, you know, I waited another long period of time and I saw a lot of benefit from it. You're not done transforming ever and especially not between them. So take your time. All right. Well, thank you. And folks, listen to the words of Frater IPAF or Chris Winters, as he's popularly known at this occult life at this underscore correct. occult underscore life, correct? So uh, check out his amazing work, his amazing art, his amazing humanity. And uh, remember, if, if in doubt, no one can resist him. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks for uh, coming on and doing this part two uh, from Berlin to California. And who knows where we'll be for part three next time. We'll have to catch up and yeah, it's it's great being uh, it's great just being in the states <laughs> right. and be able to text you back and forth. Well, here it's and, always you know, a that's, pleasure. It's really nice, you know. That's I think right. it's the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. All right, brother, have a wonderful evening because it's like what nine at ten at night for you now. 
No? Hello? Oh, I think I lost you. Okay, that's it, folks. Have a great evening. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. And as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now. HermeticScienceEnterprises.co.uk